The save room, typically your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. However, today is a very special episode, 20 years in the making. Daniel, I brought you here today to discuss Resident Evil 2. Wow, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for uh, whisking me away from my comfort and sanctity and coming to this RPD to talk. No problems. Games. No problem. Yeah. No problem. I Really, really the congratulation needs goes to uh, Capcom mm -hmm. for making another fantastic, fantastic game. Sir? Mm-hmm. This game. I, actually, I don't want to bury the lead. I don't want to bury the lead. I know we're going to get into this fucking two-hour tangent. We're going to get lost in the sewers like we did when we originally played the game. And we're going to we're gonna have to hash it out. We're going to have to hash it out until we get into a fucking bullet train that escapes the city, buddy. Dude, it's me and my grenade launcher and we're getting out of here. I know. So I want to ask you two questions sure. on the top of the episode, mm -hmm. man. One question. You were a very big fan of 2017's Resident Evil 7. Mm, I remember. Huge fan. Still am. Played it a lot. Still playing it to this day, actually. Still playing it I today. I played it probably a week or two before RE2 came out. I walk in and I go like, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what year is it? Are you still speedrunning this game? Didn't you get this platinum? Like, I what? what? Yeah, but I got the DLC, so I'm still working through all that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a good time. Not a hero, huh? <laughs> Not that one. No, no, no. Okay. So my question to you, big fan of RE7, is this game better than RE7? You know, in a lot of ways, for me, it was better than RE7. I will, I will say it plainly. Save roommates. There's no re wow. reason to beat around the bush. It is a fantastic game. Wow. RE7 has some staying you power. You practically for me. shaved the bush. Fucking sculpted it. <laughs> Discard that item. Now we're good. I think RE7 was an accomplishment in Capcom's lineage to to finally go back to their roots, have a first person horror game. That did a lot for me. That did a lot for me in the context of Resident Tickled Evil. Tickled you right, yeah. Fucking getting up in there, first person view, shotgunning molded, feeling that goo blast in your hands. It was great. Okay. This is, this is different though, you know? <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, because I feel like it, it of the third person ones, it's probably it's probably the best. And I, I got to give them credit where probably credit's best, due. Probably yeah. best. So, okay, second question. Mm -hmm. You tend to enjoy survival horror games. I, I, I will call you a horror buff. I would say that maybe you're like kind of a horror medium weight. You, know? <laughs> you call me a horror medium weight? Like you could you could stand to, to buff up on the horror. You could stand okay. to buff up in horror. Sure. I okay. think so. I mean, I'm sitting across from the thing right now. So it's just like, it's hard to, to be a horror buff in your presence. Oh, you talking about Snowpocalypse uh, 2019 <laughs> happening to yeah. Seattle? Yeah, we're actually trapped in our apartment right now. That's fun. It's it's been a, a quite quite a few days. Yeah, quite a few days. Where we're <laughs> no, like we we got food, so we have we have plenty of ham. We've we've got bread. We got it all. But we're gonna find a way out of this fucking apartment. I mm. swear. We just need to solve a puzzle, and it's gonna lead to the underground passage. And we're gonna go through a hidden laboratory beneath Renton, Washington, and then we're gonna escape into Portland. We're gonna I can have brunch. Only hope. We're gonna have brunch. Escape from Renton. <laughs> Is this your favorite survival horror game? 
Ooh, it's up there. It's, it's up there? It's up there. It's up there in my top okay. three, I would wager. What's it? Oh, shit. Threes. Yeah. What's it need to, what's it need the best? Where is it in the three is actually the important question. Let's get precise. Where is it in the threes? Yeah. I, I would put it, uh, I would put it under, under Dead Space 2 for me. Under Dead Space 2? Yeah. Okay. So, so my number one would be Dead Space 2, then Resident Evil 2 remake granted and then dead space one just underneath okay the first one does it for you yeah yeah that's fantastic yeah yeah. that's fantastic because i think this game okay resident evil 4 was like the first resident evil game that i really got hard into Mm -hmm. and in terms of atmospheres and settings like it had these like little micro horror set pieces that like worked well but a lot of it was just kind of over the top action segues where it's like here you are fighting trolls and punching boulders and doing this and you're on a speedboat now it wasn't quite what like the first Resident Evil was or the remake was after that. Um, so that was like my first like real steeping into a survival horror game. Not not much. Really. It's a, it's it's an action game. Exactly. It's an action game, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even call it a horror game in yeah. some instances. But I understand because it's like it's the name and it has a little bit of a horror flavor to it. Right. I can understand that. But, but like the first survival horror franchise that I felt like owned to like that like belonged to me in a sense was Dead Space, and I like I got okay. hard into that series because of the atmosphere and the setting and the gameplay and and that sort of what I guess is borrowed from RE4 that over the shoulder uh, third person perspective which yeah. works so well for you know it. with this remake I feel like there's some elements that were kind of ins- it's funny it's circular right it, it yeah. feels like it's inspired by Dead Space the way that it plays with lighting mm-hmm. the way that it uh, uh, plays with claustrophobia in tight corridors and stuff it's like you know some of that stuff was there in the original Resident Evils but for some reason mm-hmm. it's like they nailed the atmosphere far more here and like you know Dead Space was definitely a blueprint for mm-hmm. that but it's interesting where it's like Dead Space wouldn't exist without yeah. Resident Evil, so it becomes like this kind of circle. But I, I, like I think that's like Ouroboros of like game dev and game philosophy. And it's cool. Yeah. It's very very cool. And like, I there's definitely some latter segments in Resident Evil Two right. remake that feel straight lifted from like the Ishimura or like settings from that series. So it's it's very neat. Right, but we're going back to the the granddaddy mm-hmm. of of survival horror. I would say yeah. in this, where Resident Evil One 1996 was a was a big hit. Mm-hmm. I think even more of a hit than when Capcom initially expected. Yeah. So of course they greenlit a sequel, and the sequel landed harder because mm-hmm. it's like one of the first instances that we saw like a full blown outbreak in a video game. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like yeah, zombies showed up in video games before, but it, like this one finally kind of landed the vision of a Romero esque like outbreak you felt Mm. like you're playing dawn of the dead when you're just like open up into the city essentially which is really cool it was an interesting thing for a game of its time to do was this so was resident evil 2 1998 was that the first resident evil game that you had played yeah that was my that was my introduction to the series i think for a lot of people too because it had like more reach and you know marketing Mm. power to it and whatnot and it was across like two different consoles so definitely like made it more accessible for audiences uh yeah because they ported in 1999 they ported it to the nintendo 64 which Mm. is where i played it i always tell the story i go back to i won't bore everyone here but uh i remember just being god awful at it i was uh, nine or ten when it came out hell of a game to like get into as a nine-year-old get off my back you sound like my mom anyway (laughs) (laughs) but i just mean because like looking back on like what resident evil was in those early heydays like those were hard fucking games yeah that (laughs) explains a lot about my personality i would say (laughs) yeah dude (laughs) 
<laughs> but, Stoic to this day. But I couldn't even get past the intro where you open up and you're like just on the city street and there's a bunch of zombies and fucking cars are on fire mm-hmm. and I couldn't get past that part. And I was renting it from Blockbuster and I would return it and my it was so hard for me. My dad just kind of asked the, the, this lady that was working there, the clerk, and was just kind of like, how do you, is there something he needs to do? He can't figure it out. And I keep on fucking hearing about these these zombies are tearing them apart and it's weird. <laughs> and she was like, you got to use a knife. Use a knife, aim at their heads, they'll move, and then you just run past them. And I was like, run past them? <laughs> like, that was a concept, right? I mean, because in our kid brains from like those early games we played, it's always like, kill as many enemies as you can. Clear a level. Do this, do right. that. Like, it's never taught, like, run past an enemy. Use aversion tactics. Yeah, and, and I it, it kind of was like, it was like having a light bulb turn mm-hmm. on for me. I fell in love with this. I got hard into the series. Part 2 I played over and over. I bought it on fucking three different consoles, including the GameCube and Dreamcast version. <laughs> I love this game. Let, let me ask you that, yeah. with that, with that note right there, for how much you love the original. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this remake, 2019... Resident Evil 2 remake. Do you think it's better than the original? Do you yeah. think it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, really? Okay. It's, you think it smashes the legacy of what yeah, made definitely. that first game great? I think a lot of people out there are saying this This game feels like the Resident Evil that Capcom always wanted to make. Oh, and, I could for sure And see I agree that. with that sentiment because I, I think we finally got to the point where the technology matches kind of the vision. You can make a game really scary now. And this mm-hmm. game is just laden with dread so perfectly. And I think one of the, the big things that having it from going from fixed perspective to third person is that you can get this sense of connectivity with mm-hmm. the environment that you couldn't with the kind of like frame to frame fixed perspective of the original game. Plus, I understand a lot of people fucking hate the tank controls. Yeah. But I, I get over it quickly, but other people I understand that they hate that it. That early design philosophy, though, was so interesting because yeah. you had the fir- fixed perspective and each room really felt like staged in a way where it's like they were scares implemented at a certain corner to get you or a sound design implemented place that like right like a zombie comes off screen yeah. yeah whereas like now it's like a lot more open and freeform so you get the approach a bit differently than you did back then and so capcom actually had to work harder to mm-hmm. scare you in this game yeah because you know you can see right ahead of you so how do they make zombies come at you and it's like they play with lighting so heavily it is a dark game but it's like dark with a purpose mm-hmm. you know you really do feel disoriented because the thing is that they had to balance was since it's kind of that re4 philosophy mm-hmm. of gunplay it feels great. The controls are better than ever. You can move around, have no problems, aim, shoot. Your aim is immaculate in this game. It's unlike in 1998 where you were on this fixed auto-aiming system, essentially. Yeah. yeah, that's gone. So what did they do? They make the game hard. They definitely did. And they they proved, I think, that they could once again make a third-person perspective game that was scary and a survival horror game. And throughout the game, from start to finish, the, the enemies, just even an average Joe zombie, is still a genuine threat. And I love that they did that. I love that. That's something that, you know, 4, 5, and 6 totally got mm-hmm. away from because it made you a goddamn superhero. Yeah, and well, the zombies felt like more like animal, ammo animal fodder. Crossing. Yeah, no. No. The zombies <laughs> felt more like uh, ammo fodder, whereas here it's like you get like tackled by two zombies and you feel like you could yeah. go from like being in the clear to like almost being near death by the end of the scrap. And it's like super harrowing. Yeah. Especially if you don't have like a secondary item, like a knife to like kind of stab them and push them back. Like you were at the mercy of these zombies. So we're bringing back a lot of conventions of classic Resident Evil, but we're not totally adherent to it. I think what's interesting about this game is that it it goes through and it reconfigures and reapproaches and just reassesses each part that they think was like what worked in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a, a greatest hits of everything 
Resident Evil has done, mm-hmm. not just classic style, but also what RE7 introduced, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of back to basics, back to its roots approach to the gameplay of just like meaningful scares again. Well, RE7 you know? too felt like a, like a reach backwards too, because it was like the first one in a, a long time. I, I can't speak for Revelations, but a first uh, Resident Evil game. Revelations being scary pretty quick. No, but like a first Resident Evil game in a long time that felt like it was like a Metroidvania, like you could circle back and have a progression and progress yeah. that felt meaningful between room and room, not just like I'm whisked away from chapter to chapter and I can't go back through and explore at my own will. Now I think uh RE seven was very interesting in that philosophy. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And that that kind of comes back from like I remember playing a remake and mm-hmm. seeing that there and just being kind of disappointed again with like, you know, especially four, five, and six, even though I think four is one of, you know, the better games out there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of divisive for me as far as it's standing in Resident Evil because mm-hmm. it throws away a lot of that classic style architecture. Mm-hmm. And then when remake came out, I was like, shit. This works. Mm. <laughs> I I remember I even remember thinking when um they remastered remake and I hadn't played it in a little while, so mm-hmm. I played it on the PS4. I thought to myself like this still works. This gameplay yeah. convention still works. The way that every item has a purpose to it and meaning and how you use it and item management and mm-hmm. and this kind of risk versus reward like am I prepared for the next fight kind of situation. I was like bring that back. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 2 brings that back in full fucking swing. Let me ask you, as somebody who's played nearly all of them, is, is there any Resident Evil game you've missed at this point? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. I have missed Resident Evil Gun, Gun Survivor 2, which is a PS2 exclusive that only came out in Europe and Japan that used the uh, GunCon 2 for the PS2. Save Roommates, his birthday's coming up in April, yeah. so if you want to airdrop him something, get him that game no, I don't so need he can that. say he's played no, them all. I definitely don't need that in my life. <laughs> okay, so as somebody who's played the majority of the games, would you? Yeah. where would you land this remake in, in the great pantheon of Capcom survival horror games? Would you say it's the best? Oh, I think I think that's a lofty thing to say. I think we've seen a lot of great things from this series, and, mm-hmm. and people are always going to be diehard with you know one or another sure. uh, title. Usually the first game they ever played in the series isn't the one. So, it, I, I, so I, I just have to say... Uh, uh, yeah, it's the best one. <laughs> it's the best one. You heard what it you... right there. The Capcom captain says. It's the best Resident <laughs> Evil. What do you want from me? It is the best. And maybe there's the bias is there because I love part two. Mm-hmm. That is like my anchor for the series. Yeah. And I love what they did with it. But I just think if I was walking into this blind, everything that I saw and everything they d- did from the action to the scares to even how they treated this story, mm-hmm. kind of removing the camp, but keeping where it should be. Because it's still pretty fucking camp. It's still pretty fucking camp. The, the trucker, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of my ex-wife. God damn it. I, I think it's the best example of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think it's a shining game. It, it's, it's perfectly paced, almost to RE4's obsessive degree of pacing. Mm-hmm. And its scares work. It kept me feeling the dread throughout. Mm-hmm. It, it's great, dude. It's great. It, I, it's my favorite game in the series right now. I can't really disagree. And like, as somebody who hasn't played the original and has probably played, let's see, I beat the remake. Yeah. Um, RE4 was my first one, RE7, and then RE5. So I've probably played through like five of them. That's not a lot. But I can say that out of all of them, this for sure is hands down the best for a lot of reasons dude resident evil is like the kingdom hearts of horror man there's like 15 sequels and and games that are a sequel but called something else and then you gotta buy some on the game boy color it's weird it gets weird <laughs> now I'll, I'll give it to uh resident evil 2 not nearly as many cutscenes, and at least it knows when to fucking move on of course of course yeah, yeah. so 
uh, yeah, be- before we get into it, uh, I think we're going to dissect the plot a bit. We're going to talk about what's different, what works here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you should buy this game. That's my recommendation. What's yours? Definitely. I mean, yeah, we're called The Save Room, but this is a glowing endorsement outside of that because we do really stand by this game and we think it's fucking fantastic. That and, you know, we're, we're kind of playing a dicey game with Capcom by call, being called The Save Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that cease and desist, that, old, that good old C&D is coming through the mail. We're waiting for soon. it. We're waiting yeah, for it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for it. But yeah, so let's, let's dive into this. What is Resident Evil 2? So this is a remake mm-hmm. of a 1998 game, but let's let's look at the word remake real quick. Yeah. It's not a remastering. It's not a, it's not just a one for one of the PS1 mm-hmm. game. It has like, similar beats. It has similar beats. Like that's kind of the blueprint for the game, but it also does its own thing because it's not totally adherent to. There's new environments, there's new levels, there's mm-hmm. new conventions. It's kind of a remix of what the original story was. Mm-hmm. And it but it still does like, you know, similar things. We got the RPD. We got Umbrella. We have an outbreak in Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. These are the important things. So we start with Leon, strongman Kennedy, <laughs> and he is on the first day on the job with the RPD. Hell of a first day, I gotta say. Hell of a first day. He says it like twice. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And then we have Claire Redfield. Oh, Claire. Which Claire is another, Bear. Yeah, you could, you could play as either or, and they have what is called an A scenario. That's going to get confusing. Okay, we'll get so into it in a while. We'll, we'll frame Are it you, here. You, there, you want to frame it right now? There is a campaign. <laughs> okay. You will go through an A scenario with one character, and then the next scenario to kind of get the full story will be that other character's B scenario. Which so, like, is also in this game known as Second Run. Okay. Which got really confusing for some reviewers out there. <laughs> We're so sorry, IGN, but like, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a menu so, option. It's confusing. I get it. The in, I guess what in canon or lore, yeah. history, you would play Claire's A first, and then Leon's B, and that's how you get like the full story, right? There's been no decided canon actually between the A and B scenario. I, that's, Leon I guess, that's what everybody favors, though. That's what everybody yeah. kind of clings. They go to Leon and then Claire B. Yeah, I, I guess other way. Sense. Claire, Claire A. a? Claire oh, B. I always used to prefer uh, Leon A. Claire B. Okay, because Claire's B scenario is fucking like the greatest B scenario. I actually, so every time I played through it at this point, yeah, I've always done Claire A. Leon B. This is the first run that okay. I'm doing my hardcore runs where I start with Leon. And I'm building up to what Claire's is going to be. So I'm interested to oh, see how different it's going to so be. So in terms of the remake, I actually prefer to start with Claire and with Leon. Okay. That's that's my preference yeah, there. Because yeah. what? Okay, so there's distinct things that occur in the original game that are like only in B scenario. So it really is like two sides of the same story, mm-hmm. which is really cool. This game tries to do that, but I don't think it's different enough. That, that That's actually one of my bigger criticisms of the game uh, where like, you know, there's a f- one fight that's different really. And mm-hmm. then some of the puzzles are remixed. But it's 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 not enough. Like I wish it really was a discreet. This is Leon's campaign. This is Claire's campaign. Because what ends up happening is that there's so much overlap between what they do. It's yeah. just kind of like eh. there, there's a bit of an intermingling. I would have liked to see a little more cause and effect. Like I go through these situations with like right. Leon on the A campaign, and then when I go back to the RPG with uh, with Claire on her B campaign, I could see like his imprint, things he's done, and you you get little like. You get things here and there that, that the matter. The interrogation room, The for interrogation instance. room. Um, or There's you... a scare that's specific to Claire in there, but mm-hmm. when you go there as Leon, it's almost like she was already there and yeah. it just happened. Like, uh, it, it's strange. Or even, like, you get um, the situation with Marvin, right? You have an interaction with Marvin. Marvin. Marvin Branaha. He said, oh, pour one out for Marvin. Bravenaugh. But you get the interaction with him in the A campaign where it's like, you talk to him, he's there, and then he yeah. turns, and then in the B campaign, when you get in the RPD... Oh, we're getting the spoilers You don't hard. even meet him as, as a human. Oh, yeah, spoilers are plenty on this Okay, now here. it's spoilers? <laughs> we, we, they had no warning. We surprised him like Mr. X crashing through a wall with these spoilers. All right, we're in spoiler territory. This 
typical Saver and Review fashions, this is a spoiler cast. All right, guys. So. Put on put on your fucking RPD vest. But Here you, we go. You get like narrative beats like that that are kind of nuanced, but it's a cool difference to see where it's like you didn't mm-hmm. get that with one character, but you're getting it here. But otherwise, yeah. like you said, like puzzles, uh, other than them being like slightly rearranged, the the story beats are kind of the they're same. They're really the same. But they're, yeah. they're character specific. So like you're still going to do everything you did in Claire in A or B. Okay. So yeah. that's our fucking mention of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let, let, we'll get it straight. We, we'll probably return to that conversation in a second. But mm-hmm. so we got Claire. We got Leon. They get into the city. Shit's whacked. But what I love about these characters and what some people are criticizing about these characters because it's kind of one dimensional. It's mm-hmm. just like they openly accept. It's okay, zombies. All right. In that world, apparently, uh, Dawn of the Dead is totally a movie. <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, okay, they already get it. They're like, shoot him in the head and, <laughs> you know, this it, and that. It's a pretty crazy escalation because, like, Leon gets the, the, the gas station, like, in that opening scene. And he's pumping his gas. And he's like, mm-hmm. he hears some moaning and sees some weird shit. He's like, I guess I'll go investigate it. And then the second he sees a zombie, he's like, I know what to do. Even Claire. Claire, who I didn't notice on my first playthrough with her that she even had a gun on her. I thought she picked it up off the ground. But I didn't even see that exchange. No, you no. Tell Chris, me Chris's she sh- little brother open carries. Chris's little sister? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so so Claire open carries, and I didn't even realize that. And you're like, no, she's got a pistol like strapped on her thigh. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, that's a big change. She's a original. college student, right? Yeah, she's a 19-year-old college student and motorcycle enthusiast. And that's what, the, <laughs> that's what the original manual is like. That's her entire personality. Made in heaven, man. Bikes, brothers, and open carrying guns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what she's studying in college. Fucking... Actually, I, I have no idea. It, I couldn't imagine. Maybe it, she's uh, an anthropologist. Maybe that's why she got called to the RPD. She's like, I hear there used to be a museum here. Let me check out some artifacts. Let me get into the lineage of this. You wanted to be land. fucking Laura Croft. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, and those are kind of the things that I, I wish they would expand on a little bit more mm-hmm. to try to ground the characters. Like, who are they? How, do, how are they feeling about stuff? But instead, they end up being very um, just kind of onerous action hero stars. Well, but it, it's still like it, that is your one vessel of empowerment throughout the story, I sure. would say. I wouldn't say that their characterizations are like weak at all. They're definitely grounded, I think, in the characters mm-hmm. around them. Like, I think Sherry helps ground Claire a lot in the situation, much yeah. like Marvin does for Leon and then Ada later on. So like you get these characters that like keep them rooted in the situation and like help them keep their head straight with it. I like actually that introduction to Marvin is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh when when you meet him, we we got some zombie action. Uh say you're playing as Leon. I actually like their interaction a little bit more because he has a very kind of uh like authority figure thing because yeah. he's he's supposed to be Leon's boss. He is. You know, it's his first day and he's like, oh hey Leon how you doing <laughs> it's it's pretty great too because like you see spoilers again like the point where he he's been bit he knows he's gonna turn and he kind of mm-hmm. starts to get like frustrated with the situation like he let the rpd down like all this following all this like the outbreak like is his fault and he kind of like pushes it on the leon like i'm lost here this is your responsibility now don't worry about me do what i couldn't do and, and it's like really cool mm-hmm. to see that exchange and just like focus on you like yeah. he very cements that he's like make sure you get out and mm-hmm. And it really puts, like, kind of a gravity to the situation, because otherwise, like, yeah, there, there's a definitely ham-fisted silliness mm-hmm. to Resident Evil. You know, it's just monsters invading a police station is, is kind of a fucking 80s story, mm-hmm. essentially. And so th- it has that a little bit there, but I like that there's these these bigger character moments in it. I think we, we, <laughs> we talked about it. This game has the realest moment in Resident Evil history, mm-hmm. where you have Robert Kendo, who's oh from the original... God. He, he has kind of a less of a role. Well, he had a brief role in the original anyway, mm-hmm. but you meet him when you're going through the gun shop as Leon, 
and he is there with his daughter who is obviously infected and he's kind of protecting her but she's like on the cusp of mm-hmm. turning essentially and it ends up being this really serious moment where he like he goes like you're a cop why did you tell us what's going on why don't you know what's like, going this on this is like, your just, fault exactly it's like you're supposed to protect us <laughs> and it's fucking it's heavy moment it's it's one of my favorite cutscenes of the game every time right. i come across it i i don't skip but i watch very intently because it's so gripping it reminds me of um do you remember the scene with uh the governor and walking dead where Mm -hmm. like they find his daughter and they kind of like turn on him and they're like i can't believe you're keeping your daughter like this like it's that same moment where it's like what else would a man do he would hold on to the one he loves but he would be confused about it in in weird ways maybe that's a refreshing thing where it's like we we finally got back to a resident evil that remembers that hey it it started being like kind of an homage to zombie movies Mm -hmm. We got away from that with backflipping, super-powered Wesker and and giant bat monsters in the in the middle of the African desert. I'm sorry. When a Resident Evil game told me I could catch a missile with my hands, I knew I was a little <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah, we're a little far out of reach there, but yeah. like grounding it back again. But of course, there's silly ass moments. Mm-hmm. There's a giant alligator at some point you're you're fucking having a crash bandicoot run it's pretty (laughs) great sequence apparently they debated pretty hard about keeping that and that's what i love about this game it is made by people that understand and love the original but Mm -hmm. we're definitely trying to modernize it like every component of this game is like remade Mm -hmm. retouched and just rethought out and they almost axed this part but they kept on pretty much messing with it until they got it right mm-hmm. and they're like oh okay but you notice there's an omission of certain elements like um there's giant spiders that you run into in the oh, sewer really? in the original game and they're just like nah we couldn't make the spiders work i mean it would have been interesting but I, I like what they did in place of it um but as a whole though like did they take out a lot of things or did a lot of like the main like gameplay or um level beats remain like that alligator was that there in the the beginning yes of course okay yeah cool. yeah he was in the original and he was okay. actually in both like you know the first scenarios for each character okay. um but there the spiders are gone what else is gone the the fucking zombie birds are gone that's something that was actually in the remake yeah there's one scene in and basically the east side of the rpd when you're on the second floor they just burst through a window hmm. and scare the shit out of you that's interesting but you know hey here's a big difference uh the new one mr x is chasing you from room to room to room if you don't know mr x mr x he is big he is gray he wears a trench coat and he is just here to track you down he is essentially terminator he is a programmed (laughs) umbrella stooge who's here to punch you as hard as possible until you're dead and his face looks like the tree of life (laughs) it's very disturbing (laughs) i love all the memes that are erupting because of it i I keep on going back to it it gives me power (laughs) to see that people are like 20 years later new generation of people are engaging with it and just digesting it and loving it he still scares me i am on my like seventh playthrough and like there are still instances where he like legit comes up on me i'm like holy fuck like i didn't expect you to follow me here (laughs) it's crazy but so in the original you only get him in one of the campaigns right yeah you only get him in b scenario where he just hounds down whichever character for whatever reason uh in the original he was programmed to go after the g virus and i believe like sherry had the g virus on her or accordingly ada did depending on the campaign i it's it's fuzzy for me but (laughs) um in this game he's programmed to basically destroy all connections between the outbreak and umbrella so he's there just to kill everybody he crushes a man's head like a fucking cantaloupe poor ben those fucking eyes gush between his fingers like they were grapes you know what this reminds (laughs) me of that's why it lands so hard with me there's there's a, a certain seriousness and 
and modernization to it where it's but it's still like these fucking campy elements it mm-hmm. reminds me of a stephen king story one of the old schlocky ones not okay. one of, not one of the more heady shit that he did when he was on coke i mean one of, <laughs> <laughs> like like one of the ones that are just like a straightforward like here's a goofy monster but the way i describe it and the way i contextualize it mm-hmm. makes it frightening as fuck mm-hmm. They do that for every element in this game. Like, Mr. X should be something that we laugh at, but they make him a serious threat and give him big moments. Every enemy in this game is given kind of like a moment that's like, oh, shit. And I love the way that the, the modern thinking is, hey, instead of like, you know, slapping you with a cutscene like they did in the original when mm-hmm. you ran into the liquor, the liquor just scares the shit out of you. That was like such a big surprise for me. because Shows like, up tongue lashing from a roof. And just fucking picking up a zombie and just lashing at him all freely. Like, yeah. So like I expected a cutscene when that nah. liquor got introduced. Nothing like that for him. Nothing like that for Mr. X. It all happens so seamlessly within your gameplay segments where it's like you were just walking down a hallway and you have to just happen to catch it because if you run into it too fast, it's too late. Yeah, this game this game adopts the same kind of uh, single camera uh, perspective style mm-hmm. that Dead Space 2 had and a little bit of God of War had. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still cutscenes that like, you know, are interspersed yes. throughout, but overall, like it just follows your character throughout the game. Another big thing I want to point out there's no load times when you get into the game after your first load time it's all seamless to the Mm. point where everything's being rendered at once where when you kill an enemy when you fell a zombie it stays there when you go back you have segments where you leave the rpd and then you come back and the same dead zombies are in the same rooms it's something that i always would have wanted as a kid (laughs) it's it's pretty cool it definitely gives you a sense of like um like cause and effect with your actions where it's like if you don't take the effort to really kill every zombie you could have like a harrowing situation where you go back later you might be getting chased by mr x you might be getting chased by liquors and that one zombie that you didn't kill just enough grabs you bites you kills you (laughs) some people actually find mr x really annoying where where do you where do you land on that because i felt like when i when i first started the game Mm -hmm. he scared the shit out of me and made like my heart was pounding throughout he definitely adds like a layer of dimension to the gameplay that is so suspenseful and harrowing especially because like the way they they use the sound design to kind of build atmosphere with him where it's like he has his own theme so yeah, every time you yeah. hear it kick in you know he's coming you hear his footsteps like in the, the rooms above you around you you hear him opening doors checking for you looking for you and it like it makes it that much scarier but after a while you hear him kind of go away and you're like cool i can resume play i can go solve a puzzle and make some progress but then i don't know where you hear a door open you hear the theme <laughs> kick in, you're like oh my god <laughs> and, so he, like, and he ducks in like he's here to fucking serve you with some papers dude, he just wants to clothesline you and shut you down but like i i liked him a lot on the um on the first playthroughs because like i i thought he was implemented very smartly like there's a, a clear point where he shows up like uh there's a puzzle that you have to do and then that kind of signals him boom he's gonna show up and then i think in the b scenario he shows up way sooner yeah he does and he like he starts fucking up your 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 course through the rpd because you're like oh i know i initially had it like these course of events i have to follow before he'll show up no he's there the entire time now just chasing me and on the normal difficulty, I didn't mind it. I think the first two encounters I had with him, I was like, I felt kind of helpless. But then I was like, no, I can shoot him. If you shoot him in the head enough times, he'll stumble and then I'll kind of fall yeah, down. Yeah, I noticed you fell back on that like a bunch where I was yeah. just like, no, I genuinely just avoided him. But yeah, yeah he doesn't really stop until you, you give him a few uh, bullets yeah. to the face. So you can you can fell him pretty yeah. easily. But then on like hardcore mode, which I'm doing now, he is unrelenting.
and he will chase you non-fucking-stop. And that I found a little annoying. Actually, in but, hardcore mode, everything that hits you gets you to danger stats yeah. immediately. It's fucking... Un- it's a lot. But no, I, I like him. I think they implemented him very smartly. You get a lot of really big moments with him. He ends up being one of the scariest encounters in the game every single time you come across him. I, I, I agree, and I still, I still like his implementation, and I think it was even better than what uh, Jack Baker was in mm. Part 7. Jack Baker had, like, really obvious patterns. Mm-hmm. Like, he definitely just looped around the same corridors and had kind of invisible barriers that he would never cross yeah. whereas Mr. X has like less boundary problems well, but when you're in that safe o- rooms. when you're originally in that first starting area in the, the Baker estate like you know he's going to crash mm-hmm. through a wall you know if you go upstairs that there's going to be a trigger where he'll show up but like yeah Mr. X like once he shows up he's there to stay he doesn't really yeah. care he's there to stay but like you could still cheese him in this where it's like uh, he won't go to into save rooms mm-hmm. I, do we do we owe a dollar when we say save room? I think to, so. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he won't go into the star's office. He won't go into the star's office. So there's certain like stop gaps for him. And then eventually in the story, you just shake his ass, which is actually nice. I get it. Like on, mul- on like multiple playthroughs mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, going for the extra trophies and stuff. He's, he gets kind of annoying where I'm mm-hmm. just like, dude, I really just need to get into the clock tower, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but it, some of it, just learning what he does and what he doesn't does, it's funny because he'll climb a ladder to come after you, but if you are at the bottom of a ladder, he'll just fucking drop down and stomp your ass. <laughs> and then, like in the original game, he'll crash through a wall, and mm-hmm. I didn't actually trigger that. I walked in on you doing that, and I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah, I did that last night on, um, on Leon's A scenario on Hardcore where I go down to the interrogation room where I would usually... As Claire, use the heart key, get fucking attacked by liquor. But this one, you you go back from that little, that doorway and that little hallway and he hit, crashes through a wall. Like I've seen so many times on like IGN videos or Kotaku videos of like top moments with Mr. X. And I was like, cool. They actually paid homage to it and did it in a really cool way here too. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think he's fucking great. I think all the monsters in the game are pretty great. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is there's no new monsters in this one. They're all from really? the original game. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. There's actually less monsters than there were in the original I, game. We hyped it up before this game even came came out we're like yeah they'll probably put new monsters in new scenarios but no they trimmed the fat a little bit they trimmed the fat of certain things and just made it really tight mm. like what you fight is a serious threat throughout mm. uh and there's recurring monsters but i think they made it where like zombies are always a threat you never get to the point yeah. where you're just like ah you're the minimal mon-. like no they're still a threat man if mm-hmm. enough of them gang up on you you're fucked that's true I have a particular method where I like to shoot off their legs yeah, and just leave them as just like a fucking torso with arms and maybe they'll come after me if I'm lucky. Okay. Yeah. This, this is what gets you through? Yeah. Through, yeah. Your, through your stress? Yeah, man. That's how I clean up a room. You're cutting through the stress? Uh, I, I think what's interesting is that we, we kind of thought about it before it came out. We're like, is there going to be crimson heads? That mm-hmm. seems like a, yeah. a staple of the remix. No crimson heads. Mm-hmm. But zombies have almost a second life where you have to, even when they drop down and stop moving... It could be where you're running back, you know, doing some backtracking, get Mm -hmm. a key delivered through a door. They'll grab you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll come back. They'll start, like, chomping on you. So sometimes if you want to be extra cautious, you could just fell one and then take out your knife. Cut at some arms, cut at some legs to make sure he doesn't come back. It, it's, it makes everything a threat even when you think it's over, which is interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm forever double tapping in my playthroughs where I'm like, I've really got to make sure things stay dead. Or even like you can board up windows too. I'm like, I'm not going to leave yeah. anything open to get me. Actually, I want to talk about some of the new stuff that's in this sure. one versus a remake. So boarding windows is a concept that we saw in some previous games. I believe the Outbreak games. It's here. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's optional, which is interesting, but it does help out. It's almost like a little extra strategy a a little extra survival element yeah you know where it's like hey i know i'm gonna backtrack through 
this corridor. Let me make it easier on the second run. Mm-hmm. Or because I've had situations where I was like, yeah, fuck that. And then three of them are just chilling mm-hmm. <laughs> out in the dark. Three zombies, I mean. So that that that's cool. How they do item management is very similar, but also seems to combine what RE7 did. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get extended inventory, but you get like way more inventory slots than mm-hmm. you ever did in the original game. You get like pouches, right? That kind of extend it by two slots. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to do a little extra legwork to find these pouches. So mm-hmm. it actually encourages you to explore extra, which is a very Metroidvania, you know, concept. Mm-hmm. But also, the original Resident Evil had that, but yeah. for some reason, there's just this extra connectivity where it's like you you notice like, oh fuck. Definitely have a key for that now. Mm-hmm. Let me go back. And then you end up into some shit where the game slaps you down with a new liquor or yep. Mr. X. I, I got to shout out like this game's design philosophy because it like you it's have said and we will continue to say it borrows from RE7 and it's very smart ways of how accessible it's like menu design is or being able to combine mm-hmm. items on the fly inventory management has never been easier in a resident evil game the, i gotta say the discard is amazing the discard's so cool so you like you'll get a key item like whether it's a key or a handle and you have to use it x amount of times and then when you've used it up all that you need to it'll like flag it with a red red check mark and then you can just toss it out and you don't even have to worry about like putting it in an inventory box no you can so legit good. just discard it from the menu leaving an open spot for something else to grab so it's pretty great like that now i will <laughs> say i wish there was an animation for them discarding it like mm-hmm. you know when you're done with a valve you just toss it as a zombie i would have loved that <laughs> yeah actually. that would have been great a little extra defense like ah, yeah. <laughs> throw a fucking valve and oh my throat. god <laughs> <laughs> So you uh, get that, and then, like, the map system. The map is, like, the cleanest a Resident Evil map has ever fucking you been. love maps. Dude. Tell, tell me about this map, because it seemed to it really got your nipples hard. This map gets me hard, guys. I'm going to say oh, it Jesus. right now. We're going into NC-17 territory. With this map. As as somebody who is a sort of completionist, likes to get everything he can, likes to explore everything he can. Talking about yourself in the third person? Basically. Okay. Third person perspective here. I'm just trying to follow along But not here. force camera angles. Here we go. Gotcha, gotcha. I think it's so cool to be able to see on my map, okay, a room is red. I'm still exploring it. Basically, as you come in a sort of like a area of an item, it'll mark it on your map as something that you can go back to or something you can grab, whether it's ammo. Right. First aid spray. First aid spray. Uh, it'll even tell you if you missed a map. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that, like, and the even key tells items. tells you about maps, bro. Even key items to be like, okay, earlier, like when I played RE Remake, I was like, okay, where was that one key? Where's the, the sword key? Where's the shield key? Like, yeah. I don't even remember where that was, but this game clear, clearly lets you know, hey, the heart key was in the West Wing all the way on this side of the RPD. Go back there when you have time for it or when you have space for it. And it's, I think that implementation is so smart and so accessible and it, it breathes new life into this sort of survival horror genre. Because it carries you forward. Yeah. And it, it's like the game's being cocky because it's just like, hey... You know where to go. You know where to go backwards. Just go there. There'll be nothing new there. And then fucking there's eight zombies chilling in yeah. that goddamn room. Or like you said, a liquor would come out of nowhere. And I'm like, it makes you approach the situation in a room differently where it's like you would fucking be dick swinging. Like, I know this room. I know the art room like better than anybody. And then the liquor crashes through the ceiling. Yeah. I can't tell you all the times that I spent just getting lost mm-hmm. in the fucking police department when I was a kid. This this art museum converted into a police station. That doesn't quite make sense. But I love that the game is trying to make sense of it. I like how the characters definitely call question to it a lot. Like Claire is like, who would turn an art museum into a police department? I like, I love that. I talked about that where in this game, in the original game, you would like have to go up to an item, press X and there might be a little subtitle giving you the character's thought. Mm -hmm. And usually it was just them looking at books saying nothing useful here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in this game, they have like little dialogue to themselves where it's very realistic. It's not just them announcing shit. Sometimes it's just, you know, if you miss a shot when you're fighting zombies, Claire would just be like, God damn it. (laughs) 
<laughs> just fucking curse under their breath. You son of a bitch. It's so good. It's uh, so good. It, it just makes it feel like a little more organic, you mm-hmm. know? I Because RE7, I felt kind of removed from Ethan because it was first person. Mm-hmm. He had some dialogue here and there, but you felt that disconnect. Whereas third person, you're like, that's my Claire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my Lily. Yeah, they definitely don't make you feel disembodied from the character at any point. Like, you definitely feel like you're there with them the entire time. Whereas, like, when you're in that first person with Ethan, like... It gives you a perspective of the Baker Mansion that, like, you wouldn't have otherwise gotten, but, like, you lose sense of who you are because, like, that first-person perspective, you're the everyman. You are Ethan, you know? Yeah. Whereas, in this situation, Ethan. I'm with Claire. I'm with Leanne. I'm with him on his yeah. first day. I'm encountering these zombies, and I don't know what's happening. All I know is I'm going to survive, you yeah. know? And they got this chemistry when they, they oh run my into God. each other. Can we talk about how they how Claire makes an effort to flirt with him almost every Yeah, instance? can we talk about the second most realist scene in RE history <laughs> when, when Claire is definitely flirting with Leon? Across the chain link fence. Yeah, as, as, <laughs> as a right after a helicopter crashed into the RPD yeah. and killed the pilot, there's a fire burning and she's just smiling. Her hair. Hey, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a night, huh? Hell of a night. <laughs> uh, we're going to make it out, okay? Like I, I love those little moments. I wish I wish they had more chances to engage each other in the story, but uh, eventually. So the difference between each campaign is that Leon ends up with a kind of a side character, Ada Wong, mm-hmm. uh, the illustrious Ada Wong, and it, I like how they recontextualized her in this, where it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, she's here looking. In the original, she was looking for her boyfriend, okay. who was an umbrella scientist, essentially. Yeah. In this one, she is an FBI agent, so she has this air of mystery mm-hmm. where it. Like, her story seems plausible, is what I like about it. But <laughs> we know she's eventually, she's some sort of spy. We never she really is. get the full-on, you know, who she's working for. It's kind of, in the franchise, it's kind of alluded to that she's working for Wesker. I think part four mm-hmm. kind of dropped that bomb on us. Whatever. Doesn't matter well, in this it, game. I didn't really know her, even in four. Like, they introduced, like, a little side mission with her. I'm like, yeah. who is she supposed to be? So I'm. it's cool to see where she came from and the... Uh, initial encounters and chemistry she has with Leon here. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Although she's just an asshole to him the entire game, like yeah, the shoulder, and then like she has this one turn where she's like, eh, "I might need your backup. You really kind of saved my ass." Well, she's a fucking double agent. Like you yeah. can never trust people like that. No, and but then, she gives him her coat, so I'll give her that. That's true. That is true. Keeps him warm and some bandages. Yeah. Um, and there's little Mackin. Little Mackin on, on the subway car. I want to talk about that. That <laughs> Mackin was such like I don't think that was in the original game. It mm-hmm. it might have been, but damn that. Capcom, you and your fan service is just classy. Let, let me ask you here, shit. on the spot. What's up? Who, who's your one true pairing? Claire and Leon, or Ada and Leon? Ah, oh, man. I think for the sake of Leon's happiness, especially the course that he takes going from uh, wet behind the ears <laughs> uh-huh. to being John McClane. <laughs> at some Fucking point. gallivanting on, around Europe with yeah. the president's daughter. Dropping the corniest one-liners on enemies before blasting them with his 9mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that Ada's probably his where his heart lies. Okay. But Claire's what's good for him you know mm-hmm. i feel like that's gonna be the chunky soup for his soul mm-hmm. you know but ada, ada she's gonna burn him no matter what so we get some really really <laughs> interesting moments with him and ada and then we get some cool gameplay segments with her too we which... do she actually has a really interesting it's kind of a callback to uh, an element from resident evil revelations where you can kind of scan the environment uh-huh. and you're using it to solve puzzles in this one which mm-hmm. is really cool it's like an emp visualizer or whatever it is yeah it's actually like one of the only modern puzzle elements in the game because the rest are like that same hey you have to solve some lion statue mm-hmm. fucking 
get, get the right pictures in the right order <laughs> puzzles you know where it's like why is this in a police station yeah and how come none of the cops questioned that w- this was here that look there's indents there's in circular indents and metals upstairs what the fuck do you think this is for it's got to make the day-to-day fucking operation so difficult like your nine to five day becomes a nine to ten because you're just navigating the police department <laughs> <laughs> like i i love the environment because it, it's it's just wackadoo though mm-hmm. you know but that's kind of that corny resident evil charm yeah now on claire's side she gets sherry birkin mm-hmm. and sherry birkin actually has a very interesting part or part to play in the resident evil universe because mm-hmm. her parents are the creators of the g virus i think it's either the goldera virus or some people prefer god virus but this is this is the new shit where, <laughs> that new g virus yeah dude where t was last year's model the fucking tesla of this year in the bow world is motherfucking g virus because it, it, it is chaotic it is unstable and all it likes to spread real fucking far it really wide. does though yeah. so we got what william and annette birkin those are sherry's yeah. parents they are yeah. scientists for what is umbrella they work at nest they work at nest which i don't think it had a name in the <laughs> original game the laboratory at, mm. the, at the bottom but in this game it's like they go like this is nest i was like nice, nice. yeah <laughs> no i i questioned that really hard i was like was this originally there i mean yeah there was an underground laboratory mm-hmm. that you eventually get work to in the game i like how they remodeled it in this one because it is kind of a callback from like the new sterilized umbrella that you see in newer games mm-hmm. like i looked at it and was like this is very modern but it's still the original mm-hmm. that that's the kind of fucking half and half the juxtaposition that happens in this game i was like i recognize this from what it is in the original but it is so real and so cool how they do it now it's more than just a fresh coat on this right. game it even tries to add logic to the more kind of hmm, feeling myself elements of resident evil like mm-hmm. the puzzles when you go into the sewers there's this fucking the same Ugh, the fucking uh, chess piece puzzle mm. that now they're like oh you find a file that says like yeah knight incorporated or whatever runs all like security systems yeah. <laughs> and we have we're a security solution company but we used to be a game company or something like that we used to make board games and so they're like we think you could still have fun and be secure <laughs> so that's how they explain the fucking puzzle still no explanation for the diamond key the club key and no. all that other stuff that's just no not yeah. at all can you name all the keys pop quiz uh yeah we got the uh, diamond key okay we have the heart key okay we have the spade key yeah, nice. and then the club key there you go fantastic Boom. missing one heart key i said that one okay never yeah because they're all they're all four named off of the suits of the cards and then you only get the club key with leon yes and you only get the heart key with claire and this has been our pro strategy extra credit but okay so i really um we'll, we'll circle back to talking about cherry but i i do like the the yeah. puzzle implementation i don't feel like it's super archaic in its approach and it's not so out there and abstract like silent hill like it feels like the puzzles that they like implemented later on and like I don't seven know, a seven it really. feels like how seven yeah. handled puzzles it was like we still want to have those classic style callback mm-hmm. puzzles but maybe some of them can be fun maybe yeah. some of them can be a little environmental which is cool i think some of the the callback puzzles are like the most frustrating ones where you have like circuit boards you have to like track like electricity currents through. okay yeah that one's the or worst like one. the <laughs> when you have to make the solution for the um the antivirus you have to fucking like oh, swap man. around like cylinders and get fluids at certain levels so those are a little frustrating but like the basic environmental storytelling puzzles those are handled so well yeah yeah i like those a lot i i think the newer shit is great the mm-hmm. older shit just makes me smile nonetheless because yeah. it's such you know it it strikes me right in the heart right there that, that that's that old school doesn't make sh- sense shit that i loved from the original yeah so yeah we about. get these moments with uh with sherry that are actually really great because 
I, I like a lot of the the narrative you get with Claire because it she's very human. She's very real. She's very compassionate. And you get a lot of that through her interactions with, with Sherry. And at the end of the day, she's like, she finds this girl and she's just trying to help her to safety, whether it's getting her to her parents or getting her out of the RPD. And that becomes her priority mm -hmm. uh, from that point on. Like, I think she originally sets out to the police department to find Chris. Like, yeah, her brother Chris. He's been missing. He's a member of Star. Stars. And he's away in Europe looking at hot girls. Yeah, you find this fucking <laughs> note that cracked me up where he's just like, I've just been smooching on babes underneath umbrellas. Wink, wink, wink. It was all code, apparently. Because yeah. he, he's going to investigate Umbrella in Europe. Because he's just fucking pissed about the mansion. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, if you didn't know that, like, he would come across as such a douchebag. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this? But I love that, like, when you find that file's Claire, she actually out loud says, this doesn't sound like him at all. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He's, he's kind of like the Captain America of the Resident Evil universe. Yeah. He's an uptight. Very noble, very yeah. uptight. He uptight has, but heroic. His duty is a civic one, and he, he wouldn't stop until everybody's safe. Um, he's a man he's so a man you get her there with her original mission but then she comes across sherry and you get this great interplay with the two of them and then later on like with ada um later on in leon's segment you get a gameplay segment with sherry which is it's interesting it kind of reminded me of the um hu like when you play as like the side characters in spider-man yeah so PS4. like the mj and, um, and miles miles, miles sections because yeah. you just do a lot of sneaking and crouching and there's not much more to it i think you solve like one or two puzzles and that's about it but you do run into like I, okay, so this is when we're talking about differences between the original and this one. Mm -hmm. They recontextualize Chief Brian Irons, who was mm -hmm. a fucking creepo in the original, who was crazy about taxidermy, and to a degree where, like, uh, yeah, he basically makes a makes a project out of the mayor's daughter. So he is he working for Umbrella? Are they paying him? He's off? on the hook. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. He's getting paid off uh, from Umbrella. He's on the uptake, and um, he so he's doing little little subversion and shit for them. But mm -hmm. he's also crazy as fuck. He's a little nutso. Yeah. So when when the shit hits the fan, like he just he's a really God. There's this line between being super over the top and what and like you know kind of grounded and like feel like they walked right between there because his line should have been horrible, but the way that that actor delivered him, it was like oh my God. Like there's this one scene in the parking garage when he shows up for the first time and he immediately tells Claire like get on your fucking knees and like he doesn't trust her. Uh, he's actually on the lookout for somebody. Mm -hmm. I think he's actually looking for Ada. Interesting. And then he confuses Claire with Ada as, okay. as being a spy. Because he even mentions some, some shit about that, yeah. right? Like, oh, you're, like, you're a spy. <laughs> and she has no idea what's going on. Exactly. And then he ends up handcuffing her in this very yeah. real moment. You're like, holy shit, who and is this dude? And abducting Sherry. Yeah. Which is, oh my god. And then, like, this, yeah, Claire gets this huge moments where she's like, I'll catch you, you fucker! It's she's, like, shaking great. on the fence. But in that moment, too, she also picks up Sherry's necklace, which is kind of important yeah. in the, the end stretch of the game. Yeah, yeah. I like how they do the cutscenes, man. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's raw. Like, it feels, like, kind of real. They're even better than what, uh... RE7 did, you know, because there's like a naturalism to it, but mm -hmm. there's still that, hey, the subject matter is still horror camp. RE7's interesting because since you're in first person, you experience all the cutscenes in first person as well. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's seamless in that regard where it's like everything is happening like contextually in game, whereas this like, you'll pop out for the cutscene a little bit, but then yeah. you, when you ease back into the gameplay, it's very natural and seamless. I like that choice a lot. It's I, really like, I like how they handle it a lot. It's we talk about great. Kingdom Hearts 3 and how like it borrows like very antiquated uh game design choices with like jumping between cutscenes and mm -hmm. gameplay but like this is it this is how you do it it's very god of war very um the last oh, hell of us yeah. even yeah and I, I like uh i think you wanted to talk about a little bit uh and i agree with this mm -hmm. how the game handles environmental storytelling as sure. well where it's very lived in universe like mm -hmm. even though that again we always come at the whole like art museum rpd thing doesn't quite make sense
sense, but yeah. I, I just love that world. I love walking into the lobby for the first time, but seeing how it's just, there's so much more rich detail. Like um, one, one detail in this one is that the RPD is set up as kind of like a safe haven mm-hmm. for uh, raccoon residents. And so they actually have like gurneys and medical supplies and some food supplies just like littered throughout the lobby. Mm-hmm. And there's a break room. Yeah. There's a nap room, like all these little places that like these police officers would live in day to day. Right. And there's, <laughs> there's like a huge, huger emphasis on it being all interconnected. It's amazing mm-hmm. how it all loops kind of, I don't want to compare every fucking game to Dark Souls, but it has that Dark Souls like kind of feel to it. I feel like this game is a masterclass in level design mm-hmm. and sound design and environment. Like what, what stood out to you where it's like, this is a place, this is a real place that's lived in. In, in the RPD specifically? Hell, anywhere, anywhere in the fucking... Because I, I think you had some elements in the uh, laboratory that you were like, oh, shit. Well, okay, so the RPG is my favorite setting in the game. I'll okay. say that right now. It very much it reminds me of the Spencer Mansion. It reminds me of the Baker Estate. The sense of progress you get through it is tremendous to feel like you very are much rewarded with everything you do, everything you uncover. And then to be in the late stages of the game and be like, cool, I've unlocked everything, and now I can backtrack at my own will and clean up and do everything. Like, it's so fucking smart. And, yeah, it's Dark Souls. Yeah, it's Metroidvania, but, like... If you want people to backtrack through your game, make it easy, you know, make it manageable. Yeah. And they do it so, so nicely here. And I, I can't applaud them enough. Yeah, there, there's this <clears throat> momentum to the game that carries you forward. It's smart, uh, it's smart level design. It's smart um, kind of like when it's exciting to get a new item. You know, every time you walk in, you go like, what is that? And then what? it's like, oh, and then you have to do that kind of on the fly risk management of like, should I really grab this gunpowder or do I need some herbs in my inventory? What the fuck am I going to run into in the next room? <laughs> I think the way the game handles all that too, especially with key items is very smart. Cause like you get whisked from room to room in a way that makes sense. Like you don't get put in rooms out of order. It's like, no, every item you get from the previous room will lead you to the next one and get you to an area you couldn't get to before. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. You know, they could have done something very antiquated made it very difficult to figure it out but they they don't i poked around every inch of this fucking oh place. yeah every inch so, i learned every pattern every loop every like order of operation mm-hmm. to like get through and get through fast i think my my best time in the game was like an hour 19 for oh, wow. for just um the assorted difficulties so like not even where you have to like worry it that's easy where you don't have to worry as much as like you know standard or definitely hardcore mm-hmm. you could just be like ah, i can rock this one gun and get through yeah yeah as long as you skip all the other stuff so I would say favorite area in the RPD because like it's probably my favorite setting. Uh, every time you get out of the parking lot and get in there, like they pan up to the goddess statue, and it's just such a cool like imprint to be like, yeah, yeah I'm here now. Um, I like the art room. I like the art room a lot. The interrogation room, like that first instance where like the liquor crashes through the the interrogation glass, is so fucking cool. Yeah, and, like riveting. Yep. That's that's exactly from the original, by the way. Really? Yep, that one. And then when you go through B scenario and go to the art room where mm-hmm. it crashes through the. Uh, mezzanine again i wasn't expecting that at all i was like holy shit i'm just gonna come in here i'm gonna put the statue arm on the stupid statue and fucking solve a puzzle nope liquor comes crashing through and now i have to fight it it. and i just i left i was like 20 20 fucking years later and i was (laughs) expecting it but it didn't happen the first time around in a scenario so i was like okay it's Mm -hmm. definitely gonna happen in b yeah i know it's gonna happen i'm sorry second run i know it's gonna happen and it did do you have a favorite room or setting in the rpd specifically in the RPD specifically, I fucking love what they did at the Star's office because there's a there's a lot more character in mm-hmm. that room. You can definitely see uh, Jill's desk. She has a little doggo picture on her. On oh, her I didn't desk. see that. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, between versions of the game, it's a different dog. Or as in, like, it's a different picture of the same dog. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know who had fun with that. I like Chris's desk, though. You have, yeah. like, the maiden uh, heaven jacket. Like, yeah. Which, you know, I, I always wondered where Claire got hers from or where she got the influence from that. And, like, you can clearly see that, like, he influenced 
influences a lot of what she does. Yeah, because apparently you also learn that uh, their folks died, so mm-hmm. they're very close siblings because of that. And you could tell that Chris trained her in, you know, certain... Well, de- like, defensive arts. I guess we'll that's why it. she open carries. That she open carries. And we think she's a Republican in this take? Uh, I don't know. Because she's just a Republican, man. She, or, she likes diesel and she likes guns. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the Star's office is really fucking cool. Wesker has its own office. They expand on that. And I also like the theme that plays in there. And Does he? Which one is his? His is the one where you grab the battery off the desk. That is his desk. Oh, okay. So the main office. Yeah, and then it actually, nice little homage. It has the original photo of the stars members that you find in the original Resident Evil 2. And I'm that's like, a cool oh, callback. Fuck, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, I like that a lot. The RPG is like such a, a memorable setting where like I don't mind playing in there. Like the reason why I love restarting the game and yeah. doing my subsequent playthroughs. Doing the RPD. Yeah, it's just going through there and like mastering it. Like, God, I, I feel so smart every time I go through there because I feel like I'm mastering it every time. I will say my least favorite setting is probably the sewers. It gets a little... It gets a little convoluted down there yeah. for obvious reasons because you're just sludging through like the same dark shit water. But <laughs> it's th- very grimy, very gross, wet with sound. But you run into some G monsters down there, and mm-hmm. that's fucking cool. And, and actually, the... when you get the hang of it, it's a, it's a it's a cool little area when you really think about it's it. It's really neat because I like how they expanded it from the original. Because I remember the sewers being kind of my least favorite from the original game mm-hmm. too. But I think they did a really good job with it here. But in comparison to the RPD, which feels like coming home, and versus what they did with the nest, the nest is really cool. It's really mm-hmm. well designed. And I love that it has this kind of sterilized look in this main huge shaft. But when you actually go to the different parts of, of the underground, or I'm sorry, the laboratory, mm-hmm. there's kind of that lived in feel yeah. too. There's, there's You have a nap room, you have a cafeteria. Uh, the security room security with all the room. monitors and then like a dress shirt hanging off of a locker. It's all very, yeah real and it's just it serves the grounded it's my second favorite setting in the game because i yeah. feel like they did such a good job at um realizing it in umbrella history and even just like horror game history as well because like i i said it before like it looks like some of the more clinical settings from the ishimura from dead space yeah or even something more recent like because you come across certain enemy types where it looks like the hawkings institute from stranger things and i'm like this feels cool and modern oh yeah though, yeah but like in the other games like you get um like in resident evil one obviously re7 you get lab settings but like this one feels so much different it is the lab dog. it is the lab it's the best lab yeah. in in resident evil series yeah. in my opinion i like the sores though i appreciate it doesn't overstay its welcome exactly i think the only reason it took so long my first go is because i kept getting turned around because it's so easy to like lose your sense of navigation down there but once you figure out like everywhere you need to use the valve for and how to get your shortcuts it's awesome and the encounters with the g monsters are so fucking cool like when you come into that that red room where it's like slime and guck, but you have like this red hue of the lighting coming down, casting over the water and over these fucking muck piles. And they just kind of like slop out of like sewer mains, like into the, the play area. It's really cool and harrowing. See, that that's the thing that's really cool when it goes back into the combat too, whereas the zombies themselves can really feel like bullet sponges after mm. a while but i love that they fall apart and you can like break off their limbs yeah. and stuff they make like the different monsters a little more interactive like the g monster you have to break off pieces of its skin mm-hmm. to get
get to its vulnerable eyeball bits that's, that you shoot off. And I was like, dude, that that's using the third person combat yeah. well. That's Resident Evil too. Like, yeah. like I can't remember a Resident Evil game where I haven't shot an eye pocket off of a monster. <laughs> that's a signature styling right there. There buddy. we go. We, oh, there's so many eyeballs in this game. Let me tell you what. Everything is times 20 in this game. All over the Birkin monster just fucking breaks out like acne. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. How many fucking... The Birkin monster is one of the coolest designs. You want to get in some Monster let's Factory talk, let's talk, talk Monster Factory, let's guy. Let's talk monsters. What's your favorite fucking monster in this game, dude? My favorite fucking monster in your this game. Your favorite fucking monster in uh, this game. I love the liquors. They are realized in such a crazy way. They're gross. The, fucking seeing its nervous system on the, the outside of its body, <laughs> like the detail on its brain, the way it moves, it's always wet, always red. Oh, God. And they're fast as fuck, and they're, like, the biggest threat, like, when they're in the game. But I love that... Okay, I hate that they ragdoll themselves at you, like, from across the map. <laughs> like, I'm like, I thought I was away from it, but I guess not. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're, like, getting chased by one, and you're like, I think I got out of the way, all you see is its <laughs> giant fucking claws on your fucking yep. spinal column. The claws. Oh, the my claws God. Are when they're chasing you, and they, like, slash at a wall... Say you're in a room, and it's slashing on the outside. You can yeah. see the scratch marks through the wall, like, happening I love that in real they stay. time. It's so cool. I I love that they stay. I love that, that like real time damage shows up in your character too. Mm. Like you get fucked up over time. Yeah. Apparently that's something that they wanted in the 1998 game and they just couldn't do it because of memory constrictions. Yeah. I'm glad it's back. I like that we got the dogs back and the dogs actually have some cool moments, but they're used very sparingly because they're one of the more annoying enemies in the game. Yeah. So I don't like them, but I like. I don't like them. They're I not like my friends. No, I like cinematically and how environmentally yeah. they're used. Like when you go outside of the RPD as Claire, like they're at the basketball court, like they chase you around a little bit. And yeah. It's, it's cool, but you can just kind of run by. Him. that's true that's true that like you could run by a lot of things in this so game. let's talk about the birkin monster you want to talk about the birkin monster okay billy billy burke himself billy burke so the re engine is phenomenal, phenomenal. Do, do you think they realized him in the best way that they could have done yeah like I, comparing him to what you know from like your childhood memories i already said yeah okay <laughs> definitely yes <laughs> fuck yes fuck yes dude he is even as in his um like first form he's disgusting he's believable he's shouting Sherry! like it's it's a oh, god i love the boss fights in this game because mm-hmm. you know what we always talk about the mark of a bad boss fight is usually when they throw gameplay mechanics that you were never introduced to like throughout the game mm-hmm. in this game specifically it is just an extension of what you've been doing the entire time yeah you gotta dodge you gotta shoot it's just that you have something that's tougher and takes more bullets in front of you yeah they really don't throw any like huge obstacles like i think your your barometer for extremes are like okay how fast the liquors come at you sometimes that's how you have to react or with mr x like you're never going to get a monster that comes at you in a heavier way than he does so you know okay i usually he has a side he favors so i can duck under him and get around him same thing with the birkin monster yeah and i like the environments for the boss fights too it's not just like the first time you fight birkin in the original game you just fight him on a bridge Uh that's it it's just a little metal bridge and here you're in what like a boiler room or something. yeah you're like in a steam boiler room yeah and it's huge and it looks like something out of a nightmare on elm street and you're running through these like corridor paths where he he starts slamming against these vents that just steam it all up so yeah. then he gets confused he's got like a pipe or a wrench yeah he's got a huge pipe that he's after you i remember the first time if you play as leon and run into him he just like grabs leon by the throat and he and just, slams him through the ground <laughs> he slams him through the fucking grating and falls and leon's just like oh my god but then the first time you see him as claire sherry like notices him first oh that's such a good moment yeah. too where she's like you're not safe and then you turn around and you see him and you're like it's the <laughs> first thing you see that really like startles the hell out of you With the fucking like the eyeball 
falls, like his arm is twitching and shit. Like, oh my god! Because he's like unstable and he keeps on transforming in this stuff. So you mm. end up seeing him again. Like he goes through like four transformations yeah. in the game. Like the almost last, the last boss fight in the nest with him mm. is one of the fucking coolest. With the Gatling gun, I love the music goes big. No, 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 no. Oh, the second to last one. The second to last okay. fight because you don't fight him as Leon. You don't do that fight as yeah, Leon. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you're fighting him in that big old room and he's fucking throwing, throwing, um, what gas tanks at yeah, you? Yeah, gas and tanks shit. and like generators. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's like this huge operatic music is like the set piece for, it, and you're just like basically having to hide behind things as he destroys the room around you. Yeah, he's he's oh god, that 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 fight is so hype, son. It was a good palate cleanser from the one before where you're fighting him and it's after the oh, sewers. The, the and, sewer and you it's have like a the um, yeah. like a, it's like a shipping yard crane thing and you have to basically like maneuver it to knock him off the level. Yeah, you gotta hit him with a shipping container. Yeah. Um that one's okay. It yeah. was a little too close quarters to be like fun. It almost reminded me of the first games how it how it mm-hmm. handled fights. But the one you're talking about is probably one of the best boss fights. It's in one the of game. the best but yeah, it's my favorite in the game mm-hmm. so far. Fucking other monsters, dude. I gotta say Let's see here. I like I like the design of the G monsters and how you get like different forms of them. Like you get the little baby like stomach bursters. Yeah, and then the big ones sh- like shoot the stomach bursters. And then you. is the Birkin monster also called the G monster or G? He's just Birkin, but just he Birkin? he is a G monster. Okay. He is the kind of the original G monster. Mm. He's a he's the one that's making all those other G monsters that you're fighting. Okay, because he keeps on infecting motherfuckers with his weird tadpoles that come out of his wrist. Is that how? Like, I I think I read up on the lore. Like, the way he's able to sustain and keep on living is by infecting himself through other people. Is that why he's chasing Sherry? He just propagates. Actually, in the original game, it's much more horrible. He's chasing Sherry because they have a genetic uh, compatibility because he's her father. Mm-hmm. This game kind of doesn't touch on that element, okay. but he is seemingly chasing her mm-hmm. the entire game. It's just that the main characters keep on running into the son of a bitch. Yeah. So, ooh. You, that's your father? <laughs> yeah, she calls him daddy at one point. And Claire's like, what the hell? Oh my god, it's so what good. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Ivy. So, oh. some, some fans don't like the redesign. I think the redesign's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, tentacles coming out of him, and then he has this, like, split face when he grabs you. He, lo- he reminds me of the regenerator. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Because you even, like, get the shoot these little bulbs on that son mm-hmm. of a bitch. He's a really interactive enemy, actually. Very interactive, and one of the same instances, like with the zombies in the the RPD, if you don't act a certain way on your first pass with them, they will fuck you up on the second pass. Yeah. And if they grab you and you don't have a secondary item, um, which would be like a knife or a grenade that you can basically pull out and like deflect them or push them off you, they will kill you. Yeah, it's a one hit kill. Yeah, typically. <laughs> yeah, so fuck fuck you in hardcore if but you try to go past them. They recommend burning the bodies. Yep, yep. You either get a flamethrower <laughs> as Leon or you get the uh, grenade launcher with flame rounds as Claret and. Personally, I prefer the grenade launcher. I do too. Through and through, even I, over the shotgun sometimes. I gotta just, say, like it's 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 useful. That's why I prefer playing as Claire because that weapon does so much more splash damage, and I'm not always an accurate shot. Like I don't come from the school of shooters. Like Resident Evil is like the first like shooter that I really played, and it's not even so like, weird. Yeah, exactly. Like so RE4 was the first shooter that I played. I didn't grow you up. You played with, like, Contra. That's the first shooter. Yeah, I guess so. But like, so I favor her weapon set because it's like, I feel like I'm actually affecting damage a lot more. You know what she doesn't have in this game that she definitely had in the original? Hmm. Uh, A bow gun. Oh. I really wish the bow gun was back. DLC. But you get the electrical gun. Yeah, actually that's way fucking, well, the electrical gun was in the original. Okay. But it's super fucking cool in this game because if you if you shoot off a, a bolt at an enemy and just like hold on to right trigger, it overcharges and explodes on them. That was like the most effective tool for me for killing the G monsters. It's like some Overwatch shit. Oh my god, so good. I love it. I love it. 
Is there is there any other honorable mentions there? I think we hit all the... There's not that many monsters, actually, but they use them in very, very big, great ways. They they use a reoccurring monster set, which is interesting, because yeah. like, you get alternations between like the Burka monster and the Tyrant. Um, on Claire's campaign, you get, what, G-Monster through four different phases... Mm-hmm. Um, his last fight is probably the coolest when you're killing him with the Gatling gun. Oh, when he's, when he's in dog mode? Because I feel like there's such a build-up to that progression where it's like, yeah. okay, you've gotten all the items, you have all the item upgrades, you have all the fucking modifications, all that. What's a weapon we can give you that's better? We'll give you a Gatling gun. You've earned it at this point. And you literally <laughs> just get to mow down his weak spots, and it feels so fucking cool. That's a cool fucking fight. Yeah, I love it's... how they handle that. And I love that I didn't think I was going to get the weird up-and-down trolley mm-hmm. from the original game. Totally brought it back, baby. It was fucking great. Nice. I love it. So, I mean, I I guess I like the idea of reoccurring boss fights. I talked about it uh, last time where I felt like kind of overwhelmed by some of the set pieces with the boss fight, but like they all really do pay off. I, you do I get will... a sense of scale and like tension oh, with a them. A real big pain in the ass was the super tyrant fight that happens on Leon's like uh-huh. last. That one wasn't even that great of a fight because he could fucking just fuck you up immediately. Yeah. And you're always beating that fight by the skin of your teeth mm-hmm. so until they drop the rocket launcher yeah exactly well that's the coolest part yeah <laughs> i, like I mean is, was it a resident evil game if you didn't get a rocket launcher it's not a resident evil game unless there's a laboratory a fucking <laughs> uh countdown timer at the end of it and a rocket launcher that ends the game check 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 yep did it all we got baby. them all did it all <laughs> gold standard right there is there any monster that they left out that you wish could have been in it like because like you mentioned small ones like fucking spiders it was really and, just and they just had spider no it was uh the crows in this crows? one okay yeah spiders and crows um i'm not too fucked up about it okay. honestly and maybe there's some opportunity for it with the uh ghost survivors dlc coming out do you think we're actually going to get like big boss fights with that or like a different enemy encounters i i had heard that there was an original enemy that was created oh. for that dlc that wasn't in the main game so i'm kind of curious i wonder who's gonna get it yeah, who's going to get it? Watch it just be the fucking spider. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> originally that's why you needed the blue herbs, mm-hmm. because they would cure you of poison from the spiders, but mm-hmm. now G-monsters just uh, regurgitate all over your body. It's so fucked up the way they grab you <laughs> and regurgitate all over words, you. dude. Oh my god. I want to shout this game out because its pacing is fucking perfect. Each area feels seamless one way to the next. And the climax is like, it's all well-earned and it delivers like in such a way that feels like it should have happened when it happened. You know? I, I know. It, this is the Resident Evil that I miss, man. This is the shit that I like where it it's grounded in its elements where like there's a rule set to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Zombies, we have you know chemicals that create these things. Mm-hmm. We have a corporation that is overreaching. Uh, I like that they focus on that. Even Leon has a line where it's just like, how is there an underground laboratory uh, like in the sewers? Doesn't the city operate the sewers? And Ada even says, that's corporate America for you. Really, though? Like, kind of just tongue-in-cheek, like, there it is. Yeah, super cynical, too. I love it. Um, She also has a line, I'm going to call this out, where she says, it's secret agent time. And it's so fucking weird. Oh, God. She even said, candy from a baby. And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That, like, it her she's just pure fan service right there with like all of her lines and shit she's amazing she's so hot i'm gonna say it right now she's very hot oh my god i'm gonna agree with you right there oh my god any really memorable moments from start to end that like you want to shout out otherwise god damn uh i think one note uh one that's worth noting is the first uh instance in close quarters that you encounter with a zombie where um you see it on the 
the CCTV, you see the guy running through the hallway. I think his name it might be Elliot. Might that be, was Elliot. Okay, yeah. so Elliot. You come across him later. He's basically cleaved in half by like a fucking like emergency door. Well, he was tasted. And he's trying to get out, and you're trying to help him in a zombie. No, he's not cleaved in half because of an emergency door. He gets ripped in half. By yeah. Zombies. Okay. So it's like just that he's he's trying to slip through like a broken door. So you're trying to help him out, and he basically gets torn apart by zombies in the yeah. process, and he drags like the top part of his torso, guts and all, across the ground, and it's so disgusting. The realest fucking dismemberment I've ever seen in a video game. Oh my god. It's almost a direct callback to <sighs> Day of the Dead, where uh, one of the soldiers gets like torn in half towards the end. God. That moment sticks with me so much, and I forget what hallway it is. It's like where the stairway, the stairwell is, where you come across like the zombie on the ground and you hear like a fucking like walkie talkie com and you, oh, you that's move on, his head. That's on the uh, west side where uh, that's <laughs> like a liquor like smashes face mm-hmm. open with some claws. That that was that hallway. I love that fucking hallway where the club key is. Yeah. Or the club key door. You go to observe him and like you fucking look at his head and his face is just falling apart because of the damage done by the liquor. It's just so gruesome. Yeah. Jesus Christ, the level of gore in this game is extreme. Like, it is real as shit, too. It is very brilliantly realized, like, hyper by, the, realized. by the RE engine. And it's it's interesting, too, because like I felt like, after a while, like the molded, their enemy design was very homogenized. There's only so much you can do with them. They look wet. They look gross. They look fucking vicious. But like this, you get so much dynamism with like different enemy types and characters like that you can realize gore and damage and violence in, in such a different way. So apparently one of their design tenets behind it was to make everything dark and mm-hmm. wet. <laughs> just make everything look moist in the game. And it does. Everything's slick and you're walking on just old blood. And it, it helps too that like the setting, like that night, it is raining the entire time. I love that, by the way. That that wasn't really keyed up in the original no? from what I remember, that it's just like raining all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never ending rain, like the movie Hard Rain starring Christian Slater. Nice, good call out. But I like it because you get these moments where like you hear like the crash of thunder when you're coming up on like the second story landing at one point and yeah. you see like a liquor in between flashes like walk across the outside wall. Call back to the original. Oh man, yes, God, the way it fucks with lighting and, and all that stuff, it's, it's brilliant. Yes, yeah. it creates such an atmosphere, and I think that's what like this game succeeds at, and that's what Resident Evil has always been good at, creating an atmosphere that feels tense from start to end. I think that was the important thing that, that this game nails. It's tense. It, mm-hmm. The tension sticks throughout. I remember as a little kid, you know, playing Resident Evil 2 on my fucking CRTV or whatever the fuck you call it. Was it CRTV? CRTVs. Yeah, CRTV. And playing with the N64 controller and just being afraid to walk into a new corridor mm-hmm. and open a new door, not knowing what's on the other side. I got a little bit of that. Except now as an adult, since I'm a masochist, <laughs> excitement with the sense of fear. I was like, yeah. Did I you have Did you have any room or area that you had like trepidation going into? Because you knew? The, the underground garage or the... The, the parking garage mm-hmm. is actually pretty fucking scary because like when you don't when you have to turn on a generator eventually with like leon mm-hmm. that entire part's dark and then depending on who you're playing as it's either filled with dog enemies or it's filled with liquors mm-hmm. take your pick both are horrible oh my god <laughs> yeah that one that one fucked me up a little bit and then a little bit of the sewers man there's that when you have to go through that red door where it's just that like room it's just an endless fucking gauntlet of g monsters it's a gauntlet monsters coming at you. God. Resident Evil runner game. Yo, and it just doesn't stop. Then there's a puzzle with zombies fucking you up in between these mm-hmm. like these doors that you could op- like open and close. 
God damn, those parts are good too. God, I love this game. It's all good. God, we love this game. I love this so game much. a lot. I can't stop playing it, dude. I've played it ten times. So I keep on going back to it. You got the platinum, didn't you? I got the platy plat, dude. I popped that plat. It felt so good. I heard it. I felt it. I was like, holy. I shit. felt like the cover art where like it's uh, Claire Leon just staring up into the rain outside of the RPD. I was just staring up at my maker. After I get my platinum, we can recreate the cover. Yeah, <laughs> we should recreate <laughs> just the us co- looking up at the gods. Saber boys staring up at the fucking snow that's trapped us in our own apartment. <laughs> yeah i got the plat so there's some interesting trophies in there man Mm -hmm. i think it's definitely attainable like if i had to put like a plat score on this i would say it's a probably like a 5.5 i would i would say it's not too out of reach man you just got to stick with it really i don't think it's so much in in the league of like how they did like the resident evil remake trophy set where some of that feel felt like um it felt sadistic. That one was fucked up. Yeah. yeah this one just required... Required... You gotta, like, pick up every item in the game in the first? No, fuck yeah. that shit. Or invisible enemy runs. Yeah, yeah. No, and people are getting this plat from what I saw. Yeah. I see that, I see that percentile crawling, climbing It's almost at 1%. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I... they're, they're... so the one that worried me the most was 14,000 steps. You, you had to... What is it? Like, low carbon footprint, I think Yeah, so you basically have to beat the game with as little movement as possible, as yeah. least amount of steps. Yeah, yeah, So you gotta cut out the fat. There's no... Don't go after the bonus stuff. Don't go after the stars badge, which gets you a bonus weapon. Like, nah, fuck mm-hmm. all that shit. So I, I recommend that one on easy. I actually paired that one up with, um, I think, two other trophies. I did the uh, no item box run, and then I did the no heal run. Oh, wow. Which is fucked up. Like, yeah, it just popped them all. I was like, oh, my God. And I got a really good time as Claire. I know Claire's campaign way better mm-hmm. than I do uh, Leon's campaign. Now. I could say the same, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've played her campaign probably four times at this point. Yeah, fucking, fucking amazing. So... Uh, that that one's pretty rough. Hardcore, I would say, is the rougher the rougher thing to, yeah. to do because you have to be played super careful. But I'm working through it right now. I got a save room tip for y'all. If you don't if you don't know what to do, if you beat the standard campaign at a certain time, if you beat it with uh, under three hours and thirty minutes, you get the S rank score, and the S rank gives you a handgun with unlimited ammo, a samurai edge with unlimited ammo. It's weaker. It's weaker. It is very, very weak. It's like, a very I, weak gun. I feel like I, I loaded 20 bullets into a zombie yep. and it still didn't kill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they won't die immediately. So <laughs> even your headshots, like, it's just kind of like, stop it. Cut it out. Mm-hmm. Come on, Leon. Quit it. <laughs> and on hardcore, they don't stagger as easily either. So you definitely have no, to they like, put in a lot more effort. No, there. the stagger is so important. Mm-hmm. So important because well, it's the only way to slip by. Exactly. You Remember part six, the stagger was, that's how you get a contextual melee attack on? Oh God, I love that. This, that was the same with five too. Yeah, this game's fuck you is like, oh, all it does is give you like a momentary, like just a second to run past them. That's yeah. it. I love it. It matters though. Like, especially if you really don't, if you're not looking to use all of your ammo up and you're like, I just need to get out of this yeah. encounter. Super important. For So for high level play, mm-hmm. super important. So get that handgun. Okay. You can also get a, a knife that doesn't break, but you could still lose that some bitch. And I do immediately. I lost it. I, apparently if you use it on Birkin, you lose it forever. Oh wow. Like you can't even like take it out of the, cause he, he jumps away. I lost it on a Birkin, or not a Birkin monster. I lost it on one of the G monsters in the sewers. And I'm like, I'm not going back for that no fuck that yeah, shit fuck that <laughs> yeah and the one that kind of gave me gave me a little rough around a little mm. work workout here was the four survivor mode oh where you wow. play as hunk which there's conflicting reports about this but apparently that might have been a translation error it was supposed to be hank <laughs> but we landed on hunk i prefer hunk i'm gonna all... i'm gonna live and die by that and it's completely capitalized what is that acronym for handsome umbrella uh, uh, uh nest killer nest killer yeah. i don't i don't understand <laughs> anyway 
So Hunk, also known as the Grim Reaper, Mm -hmm. because he always survives the worst of missions. You play as him, and it is right after uh, his Umbrella security crew yanks the G-Virus from Birkin, Mm -hmm. and that's what leads to Birkin stabbing himself with G-Virus and becoming a G-fucker. Oh, is that where the four survivor... Yeah, apparently that's where it's supposed supposed to start. It doesn't make any sense why the whole fucking place is overrun, though. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what's real or not. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had like a si- like a little dissertation about this. Like, okay. Yeah, because that was supposed to happen before the outbreak. Yeah. That whole uh, umbrella stealing the virus. And then it gets loose in the sewers through rats. And then everybody decides to become, you know, do the zombie dance. Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get anything. Also, what is stars? What is stars? Yeah, like if SWAT exists in that universe. Then what, what is stars? What is stars? I guess they're a specialty unit though, right? What is the real world analog for this? What what fucking paramilitary group of of not matching uniform soldiers do we just keep at police stations? Team America. How come they don't have a standardized uniform? How come how come you know Chris gets gets the the green and then we got uh, the blue for Jill? Well, we... the logo is standardized. Like you always have the stars. It's logo. Always stars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's branding. <laughs> that's how you know they're on a team together. But they I, all wear different jerseys. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. <laughs> and Umbrella should have known. If if stars is such a pain in the ass, how come your your whole town is your whole operations in Raccoon, man? That's the home of stars, dude. You're mutating with the G virus right now over this fucking problem. I just want to understand. Anyway, anyway. What's it stand for? G-Virus? No, uh, stars. Uh, special tactical advance. No, no, I don't know. No. What? Special tactics and rescue service. Oh. Sometimes squad. It's interesting because you squad. feel like stars would have been founded after the outbreak. Like, okay, we have a zombie outbreak. We need a special team outside of the SWAT to deal with it. Stars is born. But no, Stars is there from the beginning. Yeah, like Raccoon is just like a sleepy Midwestern town. So what were they doing before? Like getting fucking cats out of trees together? <laughs> were they your local neighborhood force? <laughs> yeah. Were they doing fucking like PSAs? <laughs> like I'm imagining, you know, from Homecoming where they have like the Captain America yeah. PSAs and like the school. Chris is doing stuff like that around school circuits in the Midwest. Doing fucking fundraisers where Jill's <laughs> just making sandwiches. <laughs> Sell them in front of a, a Kroger's. <laughs> no, she's uh, the leader of the Girl Scouts. She's teaching those girls secretly how to lockpick doors. Basically. Yeah, it's true enough. Anyway, we'll figure it out on one episode what yeah. the fuck Stars is. That's why we need a re-remake of the first one. <laughs> really delve into like the first 30 minutes are just like the stars living their life out in the uh, the city. That's all I fucking want. A peaceful, sleepy suburb <laughs> with the stars. Doing I wouldn't mind shit. it. It would give me more context. Yeah, dude. Get like a little hunting mission or maybe a fishing mission that kind of teaches you a convention of the game. You got to fish fucking, I don't know, skeletons out of zombies later in the game. So you get like... Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Force Survivor. Bring it back in. So <laughs> So Fourth Survivor is this interesting run where you basically just have to work your way from the sores, out of the sores, out of the RPD, out of the fucking city. And it is a bitch. They throw every enemy in the game at you and you don't get to pick up any ammo or health items along the way. You basically have your inventory set for you ahead of time. Yeah, and granted, you got got a lot of ammo, you got a variety of guns, you got a submachine gun, you got a handgun, and you're you're hunk. (laughs) (laughs) But you have to get as good as at like slipping past and dodging enemies. Mm -hmm. As you are like knowing when to place your shots mm-hmm. and when to use stuff like your uh, flash flashbang because there's elements like you end up in the parking garage and there's like 20 zombies down there. Easiest thing is to be like flashbang motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> and then like race on through. But I got eaten no less than four times doing that shit. I think I probably did about like six or seven runs before I finally did it. But like 
you master it each time. It's like yeah, that Dead Cells where like death is the design to make you better at it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Ethan Must Die mode from oh, okay. 7 where you like have to memorize what's going to happen yeah. as much as you can. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. I remember my heart was fucking pounding as you break through the RPD doors and I, <laughs> I pop that trophy and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I'm never doing this. Uh, yeah, again. I'm not going to become a speedrun master at it. I do no. not care. Uh, they do a tofu survivor one after that. Where oh, you get to yeah, that's a callback. That's a callback. Like, talk, talk to me about tofu for a second. Yeah, uh, you know, it's you just a... You get to a, a piece of tofu. That speaks Japanese and wears Jill's beret, a giant <laughs> beret on its fucking head, and it just kind of hovers above the ground, and it has nothing but knives as as its inventory items. That's all you have it's is ridiculous. knives and fucking herbs <laughs> to heal yourself, <laughs> and it's fucking ridiculous. I'm, I'm not even going to to try i fucked around with it for a minute just to see how far i could get i got halfway halfway through yeah. it that's impressive but so tofu why why is tofu in the game at all so originally <laughs> like what? it was like a character model used to test uh damage t- detection in the original game and okay. it was just kind of an easter egg that just remained in the game they're like fuck it let people see this action mm-hmm. <laughs> you know just kind of relieve the tension interesting of getting through the horror i'm glad there's no trophy tied to that there is no trophy tied to that so uh, yeah. rest easy you don't have to do knife only action in this game oh god thank god previous I, ones did it man i am working on the platinum i'm about three trophies away now I have to yeah. finish up my hardcore Leon campaign, my hardcore Claire, and then I have to get all the files. You have to get all the files? Because That's I, a bitch. Because I never did Leon A and Claire B, I never got her B scenario files, so I'm missing just those two, I think. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But uh, it's been a fun platinum road. It's, it reminds me of RE7, pretty manageable. It just relies on you to replay the game a bit and master it. Yeah. And I love it. That's it. I, I've never gotten into speedrunning ga- into games like I have with RE7, and this one I feel myself getting better at each time. Like, I think my top time with Claire was two hours and 18 minutes. And I remember, too, it was on the first day we got snowed in on Monday. Yeah. Where I was like, I might speedrun it today, I might not. And then we ended up watching this dude on uh, Twitch speedrun it. And I was inspired. I was like, holy shit, I can do this. Yeah, he was cheesing the game in ways oh I didn't God. even know. Like, I, there's this one part where apparently, typically, you explode some t- C4 mm-hmm. and a bookshelf falls in front of a door. But he was like, oh, I'm going to put the C4 and then just keep the door open with my body. Yep. And the the bookshelf thing never happens and i was like you motherfucker you have 10 seconds to just do it and it glitches it my dude's breaking the game well because otherwise like you have to move it and then you get attacked by like mr x or a liquor or zombies whatever happens to be in the room at the time yeah you i've memorized most steps like Mm -hmm. i said i've memorized most steps for success in this game Mm -hmm. okay i know when to get the right weapon i know when to fucking figure out the puzzles i even memorized all of the locker well not the safe combinations but i can tell you right now kids here's a prima cheat sheet uh all of your locker combinations one is cap cap the (laughs) second one is dcm should be dmc but it's dcm remember that and then the third one is s z f nailed it (laughs) there you go he was literally like shouting him out at to me before I even put the game in. He's yeah. like, hey, first locker combination, CAP. And I'm like, I didn't ask for it. He's like, I'm going to tell you all of them. Here we go. <laughs> Dude, I play this game so much. Sometimes when I shut my eyes, I just see uh, the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> I got to love that Capcom does this thing. And they are one of the companies I cherish the most for this, where they give you a reason to replay their games. They give you things that make it worth going back to, where it's like whether you get, you know, infinite ammo or different item at the end that just makes you want to replay and get like, more unlocks and you know get yeah. better runs like there's definitely a heightened play sense of replay there 
I think my next uh, goal post is to try to beat hardcore mm-hmm. uh, three hours or less so I can get Jesus. the unlimited sub- submachine gun. That'd yeah, be so cool. I know. Dude, hardcore mode is tough because um, it, calls, it calls back to the original Resident Evil 2 where you have to save with, um, like, what, ink ribbons? Yeah. And you get I a limited number that. of saves. I love that shit. <laughs> no auto saves either? Honestly, if you know what's up, by the time you get the hardcore, you probably already know what's up. Mm-hmm. You know most of the puzzles. You know most of the fights, how they're going to go down. So just use the typewriter sparingly and you'll mm-hmm. be fine. I, it's not that bad, kids. It's not that bad. I mean... Parts of it kicked my ass. This is coming from the Capcom captain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. Some of the boss fights I had to repeat like four times, yeah. four or five times. I'm on the second Birkin fight right now, and I have like very little ammo. I have like one health item. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I did it with the handgun, and it took fucking forever. Oh, my God. It takes like 25 minutes to get him down with the handgun just shooting his eyeballs if you don't have any other weapons. Yeah, because I fucked myself over pretty early on by just, you know, going a little spam happy with yep. the Magnum. It happens, dude. Don't worry about it. I actually might need to go back and get the Magnum yeah. for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be helpful. That's a top record. Do you get less uh, huh. pouches? No, you get the same amount of pou- okay. pouches. Yeah, because I feel all, like all I have items are still there. I feel like I have far less inventory space. Nah, dude, that's okay. your imagination. Oh, I fucked up then. That that's just the asphyxiation of hardcore. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to go back to the RPD and get like the uh, little keypad keys and get the locker stuff out. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I love that puzzle. That's a new one. That's a cool one. That one actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like you just have to work for it, and you got to work for the jewel to get the stars badge too, which is also a usb stick i want that in real life how did they not make that they should have put that in the collector's edition i i, I don't think it's as uh as famous as the dummy finger from re7 but oh. they should have done a usb stars badge didn't Fuck, you yeah. get the dummy finger usb drive nah dude no nah. uh, okay. i wanted the collector's edition of that one but i did get the collector's edition of re2 with a nice lee lee statue leon strongman kennedy it's nice I, the base is a little flimsy but there's a lot a of nice flimsy. detail to the statue itself it's super articulate yeah, yeah and it comes with a big old map but i always i run into the problem where they printed stuff on both sides uh, so i don't know like when you want to put it up it's like what what fucking side is better so we're just gonna have to get like some sort of like glass two-way glass statue in the middle of the apartment mm-hmm. and then i could just uh, do it that way problem solved it'll be the centerpiece of our home i hope so <laughs> So this game is smashing sales right now. What, 3.3 million sales and counting still going? Well, no, 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 no. Hmm. Uh, 3 million units shipped. So that means it's sold to retailers, and that doesn't even encompass digital sales and da-da-da-da-da. But but that does indicate that the demand is there because retailers wouldn't sign up for that many unless there was that many pre-orders and that many people demanding this fucking game. Are you surprised it's doing this well? Um, No, man. I, I Well... I'm glad it's doing this well, but I feel like the recipe for success was right there. Mm-hmm. Go back to the roots, use everything that you learn from modern day, takes take some of the ingredients of RE7, go, like just combine it into this fucking I mean, the thing is that separates this game from other remakes is that they treated it like a full-fledged release, like mm-hmm. a, not not just a remastering, not just a port. It is a reconfigured, recontextualized version of Resident Evil 2. It stands out, too, because like in the last 10 years, we've gotten so many ports, so many remasters, so many yeah. redesigns. You have Gen Design doing like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. You have the Crash Bandicoot remake, Spyro. And like a lot of those, you would say, are kind of like one-for-one, one, just kind of graphical up-res. Not too much different in terms of like gameplay or layout. No, Maybe no. just like fancier level design look. Exactly. This is a different approach to a remake. Mm-hmm. This is almost like a movie approach to a remake. Okay. Where it's like we're like so, a reboot almost. It it's I don't. It, well, I guess because it's a really fine line. It would have been the a, reboot. Kind of that okay. one even still keeps the continuity. I I would okay. say RE7 is a conceptual reboot. Okay. 
It kind of how I consider RE4 to be a conceptual reboot, but it's still kind of like in the continuity. Okay. Um, this game, it, it's something else. Hmm. It, it's a remake. It's definitely a remake, but it's a loving remake that uses everything the kitchen sink of the original but just expands on it it makes Mm -hmm. it better makes it modern makes it land makes it scary makes it good it's literally everything and it's so lean i gotta say like there's no fat on this game whereas like re7 like i love that game it's one of my favorite games of 2017 but goddamn it gets longer than tooth and sections this one it like it respects your time and it really just like it wants to show you such a pinnacle experience of resident evil history and it does it in such a brilliant way it's the pinnacle of resident evil man yeah and so do you want to talk a little about uh going forward essentially hell yeah because like obviously this is like a huge success for capcom yeah. there are obviously more remakes down the line there's been a lot of fan demand and hype for uh, resident evil 3 which was what re3 Res- uh, nemesis yeah so it was okay. resident evil 3 nemesis originally on the playstation 1 eventually in the dreamcast mm-hmm. uh, pc everywhere else um i agree i think that's they did such a stunning job with rebuilding the world of raccoon city the mm-hmm. outbreak hell 1998 even that i think it would be that's exactly what i want i want re3 next i think that makes sense i think that makes sense for them to go for that so where timeline wise where do the events of re3 run does it run kind of like uh side by side of re2 or does it take place right after re1 like how does well, that how does it work what's interesting is that re3 was supposed to be a companion piece it was meant as a spin-off to re2 okay but a contractual obligation with sony meant that they slapped a number on that bad boy and they're like all right because code veronica was actually supposed to be part three uh okay. and it's, it's funny what they continue from part two too, including some of the music and such and mm. of course claire redfield's story so but uh part three ended up being kind of it's a shorter game but it has one design hook that makes it super memorable whereas like we talked about how mr x was used kind of sparingly in part two mm. where he doesn't just chase you through the whole rpd there's just like there's very discreet sections where he shows up he's a threat and then you move on they expand on this mm-hmm. nemesis in part three followed you through corridors punched through fucking environments he chased you through the rpd so that's kind of the mold for that interesting so imagine going back and just blowing that up again making nemesis a bigger enemy because what's interesting about him is that he's almost like an unfinished tyrant mm-hmm. you know he's programmed to go after stars members and eliminate them that's why he goes stars throughout oh the i game. know he did that yeah um you know, when he gets damage on his body, his tentacles start pouring out of his fucking butcher's outfit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he becomes more unstable and becomes like, you know, starts morphing and shit. Kind of like Birkin Monster does. Okay. I want to see that shit in full fucking 4K, buddy boy. Oh my god, it's going to look so fucking amazing in the RE engine. Yeah, like, and, they, and, They're going to realize that in the grossest, coolest way possible. And part three goes more into the city. It goes more in the Raccoon City. It, mm-hmm. it actually returns to the RPD, but for only like a few sections. Okay. And it's interesting to see it because what happens is um, it takes place 24 hours before leon and claire get to the city and then it takes place 24 hours after leading right up into the destruction of uh, rpd where the u.s government goes yeah let's sign off on a nuke fuck this and then they bomb that goddamn cool city. yeah because at the end of this game like rpd is still standing like the Whole virus city. is still fucking spreading yeah. <laughs> Wait, we got truckers still going into the city they don't right. give a shit about zombies i got a fucking delivery to make <laughs> you, can, you can trust the boys in brown let me tell you what so what do you think a remake would serve for re3 like what what would they have to do to really heighten the experience i think they could experiment a little bit more because there's certain environments that are really cool 
school, especially if they sink their teeth into. You go to uh, Raccoon's Hospital oh, in Part Three. I didn't know that. You go to Raccoon's Zoo in Part Three. It's like the it's like the Kingdom Hearts of Resident Evil games, where you're visiting all these <laughs> different like environments. It's fucking. Do great. you get like crazy mutated like tigers and zoo animals? You get a giant worm for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. You know what they should do? Because uh, Resident Evil Outbreak, the PS2 online oh. games, they actually took place in Raccoon as well, and they had a bunch of different environments like the subway which apparently we never knew that raccoon city had a subway Hmm. but outbreak says it did and then you go to this other out in the woods hospital it's kind of confusing what's going on here but it's fine uh use some elements from that kind of like build out raccoon a bit more okay and then i think that'd be really cool fucking meaty hook for it and if you really want to get experimental maybe try a little bit online but before people start screaming and hawing I get it. This game works because it's single player. Mm-hmm. I think that there definitely still needs to be Jill Valentine's story single player, mm-hmm. but maybe you do just like kind of an online element where you guys are surviving in an area, like in mm-hmm. the hospital or something like that, you know, and boarding up windows using the design tenants that they set out in this game, part two. I, I w- think that would be cool shit. I actually wouldn't be surprised because they're doing a lot of like cool free updates and free LC. We're going to get the ghost survivors where we get three individual stories. We're getting low polygon skins. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if at some point they release like a little horde mode or co-op mode online. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I I, I want something like that for sure. Just just to get some longevity because the gameplay is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of DLC, uh, apparently when they release those costumes, the whole world's going to get the original soundtrack as a download too. Oh, that's really, really cool. Yeah, you get it with the deluxe editions and collector's edition of the game. I only play with the original soundtrack, man, because it's a walk down memory lane hearing the original save room theme, the original fucking uh, lobby theme, Mr. X's theme. I love the underground, like just this, it has this very cold kind of theme down there. It's amazing. I really do recommend if you're going to do another playthrough, throw on the original soundtrack, because while it does kind of clash with the style of the new game some of it does some of it clashes some of it actually works still 20 years later because i gotta say like what they did with the sound design in this game was like it's so perfect in creating like a very interesting um modern like setting and atmosphere you put on some of those older like tracks like the mr x theme or like some of the like battle themes it feels like kind of like it feels like a PS1 theme where it like felt very orchestral. I mean, like, it is. Hyped. Yeah. And they, so- and they, they really do too. Like they put too much legwork on synthesizer synthesizers back in the day. If you remember, because it all ends up sounding like battle themes from Final Fantasy yeah. VII sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it feels out of place, but I, I imagine back in the day it worked. But but my favorite part is that they bring back the inventory sound. That's a nice sound. I could hear bloop, it. For, bloop, 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 bloop. bloop. For days, you could just hear that sound across our apartment, back and forth. Oh, yeah, that used to be my uh, text message sound, too. So whenever I get a text, it would fucking make the inventory sounds. I have a sickness. You do. I admit it. Well, so it stands to reason we're going to get Resident Evil 3 remake. And yep. I'm, I'm here for it, because as somebody who hasn't experienced it um, and doesn't know too much about Nemesis other than like getting to fight as him in fucking uh, Marvel vs. Capcom and do other yeah. shit like that like I, I don't really have too much of a stake with them but like to see how they use the nemesis system here and how they first actually implement it with jack i feel like they're gonna make him such a threat i think they're gonna make him so fucking cool and so surprising yeah. i think you could do make him like a really big threat you know like yeah. I, I think there's a train sequence at some point in mm-hmm. part three where you're just using it maybe expand on that where he's just fucking like fight yo no there is a train fight oh my god that would be <laughs> so cool that would be so cool in the remake because you're on a you're on a fight 
uh, you meet up with some umbrella security guards or whatever the fuck. Okay. They're the special services. I forget what they're called. They're like stars for the bad guys. Okay. You meet Carlos Oliveira. Don't know him. <laughs> You'll get to know I'm him. I'm going to get to know him because they're going to remake this game. Yeah, he's trying to mac on Jill, man. I swear to you. It's the beret, man. Yeah. She's got those doe eyes, too. Called her baby once, she, I thought. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Really overstepping, but it was 1998. We didn't know better. <laughs> yeah, now we know. Do uh, the train fight with Nemesis. <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't know. I'm, I'm here for what Capcom's doing, and, and I'm excited to see the future of Resident Evil. They're making smart moves. They're, their company's in that upswing right now. Capcom, and... you're doing the right moves, baby. You're doing the right moves. I, I'm excited to see their remake trend, where they go with it. They're obviously going to do three. If they remake uh, the first one again, I'll be happy. If they remake four, that'll be an interesting take. But uh, I... that, that, that's, a, that's a mountain right there. Yeah. Remaking that, I don't know how you ground that tone. I don't know how you do that. But, but I'm interested to see what they do with Resident Evil 8 now as a as a product like do they keep it first person do they do the over the shoulder third right. person perspective that was so well implemented with this remake here like what do you think they're going to do with it yeah it's a good question it's like how how much do you let the success of this game inform that because i think this game is actually more successful than part seven so far it has been uh so i i, I think that's a tough choice that they have you know i mm-hmm. i feel like i'm sure they're prototyping something however rumors do indicate that maybe re3 has already been greenlit and they're working on it right mm-hmm. now so I don't know. I would be fine if they gave us a part eight that just kind of continued what this remake did, which would be mm-hmm. so interesting. A remake of a game informs sequels of the of the series. That would be an interesting take. But I also wouldn't mind if they continued with what part seven was trying to do, because mm-hmm. obviously the first person horror really landed yeah. for a lot of people. Especially and in VR. Especially in VR. I would be interested to see a mod that lets you play like this game in VR first person. It would make it so much scarier. I think there is a first person mod, but uh, nothing VR, huh? Damn. I wonder if they're going to do something down the line with it. Because I think RE7 and VR was probably one of their most uh, successful like VR ventures in terms of like uh, player engagement. Yeah, it was one of the leaders of the pack when PSVR was coming out. It was like, hey, we actually have a full-fledged game that isn't just like a two-hour Batman demo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think going both directions makes sense for them. And Capcom really does have kind of, um, they have a tendency to like, hey, we're going to lean hard on this style of gameplay mm. or we're going to lean hard on this for like, you know, this release. So we might see remakes and the sequels that still continue with what Part 7 was doing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the smartest way to go. I like it. it. I I don't know. I like that everything they do is informing what they'll do next. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Naughty Dog, actually. Like, to, yeah. to look at the way like Uncharted influenced The Last of Us and how like Uncharted 4 will probably influence Last of Us too, and how there's just this like marriage of ideas that in the end just builds a better product for each of their entries. It's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fucking I'm here for it, man. Yeah. I also think for people that have totally been on the outside of Resident Evil and just keep on hearing its name and people have this this kind of fervor for it because, you know, the series has been around since ninety six. Mm-hmm. This is a good jumping on point. I got four jerseys. It is it is the perfect entry series game. Uh, yeah. Because, like I said before, the original Resident Evil games are hard. There are people who, like, can't get past their first zombie encounters or can't get out of the Spencer Mansion. They give up and they're like, well, that was that for me. But, like, this, there's so much ease of play from the menus to the way you can get out of, like, enemy encounters to, like, how powerful you feel in certain instances. And I feel like it's, I mean, even it being, like, you know, a modern day game in terms of look, it's a modern day example of, like, game design. And, like, it's just so, it's perfect. It's a perfect game. Whoa! I'll say it. <laughs> perfect game. Yeah. Um, that's a save room first. The perfect game. Honestly, yeah. It... What was our previous perfect game? Was it um? I think Noby Noby Boy. 
Bloodborne, probably. Bloodborne's probably well, the last. Bloodborne for... <laughs> is probably the last perfect game. That <laughs> You'll we... never give me Noby Noby Boy. Just nope. be on board with this. Noby 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 Boy. Anyway, I yeah, this game is fucking great because even you got to remember, even the remake of Resident Evil One came out in 2002 even that's dated so that's that's a hard recommendation these days for somebody who's trying to break into it i went back to it after re7 because i had that re7 yeah. i wanted to play fucking zombie games and i went back to it and you're like it's not going to feel the same it's not going to no, give you what seven did and you're right it doesn't so but like the dna that, is there the dna is for sure there that's why like i keep pushing like i would love to see a resident evil remake that's modern that feels modern that part two does it. like the force perspectives and like pre-rendered backgrounds are so cool for the time but like it was a time and place thing they did it like that because they had to right they have new architecture they have a new engine they have new grounds to do more because like they're not limited by like hardware capacity or data like anymore they can do literally anything yeah, they found <laughs> they had to find new ways to scare us and so the old argument that oh the fixed perspectives and tank controls are what made resident evil scary because of the limitations that it put on the player mm-hmm. that's untrue mm-hmm. this game is still scary and it feels great the easy play is fucking great it's a very smooth game and it still manages to make you make you if you got a turtle it's gonna kiss that underwear real quick man you're gonna shit your pants in this dude one. i am prairie dogging around every corner in this every game. corner it, it smells in my room yeah it's terrible in here i would be surprised yes if in the next 11 months that a game came along that pushed it out of like my game of the year because like so far like it's left such a hard impression yeah i think so too uh (laughs) and i felt like part seven did that to me a little bit but this one is a slam dunk capcom knows how to start their years off strong like monster hunter world stuck with us all year that was a like january slash february game resident evil 7 was a january game so they know how to like fucking start the year off and maintain that high sticking to the bones man that's what they do these games come out and they stick to my bones all year i I keep on wanting to go back to it fuck i i uh squirted out a playthrough right before we did this recording just to get a refresher of the old rpd you were legit like playing kingdom hearts you're like i think i'm gonna play it before we record i'm like dude (laughs) you beat the game nine times this would be your tenth time and you're like i just gotta feel it yeah dude but you know you don't want to rest in your laurels you know you always want to work on the basics sure that's a good point god i love this game i don't know how else to put it man i really it's so gratifying Mm -hmm. that one of my favorite games of all time i've always said re2 is like my favorite game yeah has a phenomenal remake that they revisited it and made me see it in a new light that i can appreciate again and get like obsessed over Mm -hmm. again i love it i do do love it man I think it's it's phenomenal from like everything we've talked about and even to the way it handles like little narrative and lore bits here and there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I trashed on it a little hard last episode, but like going back to some of like um like Claire's campaign and Leon's, you do definitely get a sense of like what they were doing with like the G virus behind the scenes and it creates like this sinister backdrop for the game that's like so cool. Yeah, and it's <laughs> a return to that kind of basics that I always loved with the series, mm-hmm. which is I, I get, okay, so an evil corporation goes back to what, like, Aliens was doing with Whale yeah. and Yutani back in the day, you know? Where it's just like, we want to fucking experiment and research because evil equals money, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this this game also tries to be like, no, it's about corporate overreach. It's about people exceeding their grasp in wrong ways and not caring about the collateral damage. And the collateral mm-hmm. damage is a situation that you live through. And it's, it's I fucking love it's that. It's pretty crazy to see a huge, like, corporation reaching into, like, the back pocket of, like, the police chief and basically mm-hmm. having him steal kids from an orphanage so they can experiment. And, yeah, like, that was further never in the original. Like, that shit is so crazy. It was never in the original. It's so sinister. <laughs> and it just leaves, like, a bad taste in your mouth that you're just like, shit, these guys are just 
evil yeah. <laughs> to the core. And I don't need like a Wesker or a Spencer or no. some main villain to to exemplify that. I have it. I have it because I like the ripple effect of Umbrella. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. And that's why I want like part three to to just continue well, on that path. The Birkins are such a good representation of like a an entity like that where mm-hmm. like they're just obsessed with their research and what they're doing and that creates a ripple effect that's sometimes even greater than any one villain. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because it's it's a it's a committee of villains that did this, Basically. you know, that are trying to also like <laughs> cover up their own shit by making horrible but stylish hat-wearing tyrant monsters. Dude, best in show. Best in fucking show. He's <laughs> he's got style. He 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 he'll never leave you. Put him on the catwalk. Let's see how he does. <laughs> Clomping through the glass. <laughs> so. Yeah, what's up, dude? Yeah, okay, so let's do some end of the episode wrap up here. It was everything you wanted, right? It's everything I wanted and a little bit more. That's that's so fucking cool. I'm so happy for you, dude. I'm I'm happy for me, too. And you can recommend this to people. No. It's mine. <laughs> it's Nobody else gets to play it. I own all the Platinums. Nah, dude, if you even have a little bit of an interest... Please play it. Mm-hmm. If you like horror, please play it. If you've never, you don't know anything about Resident Evil, this is the one to jump onto. Mm-hmm. For sure. Grab you heard it. it from the Capcom captain first. I'll do my letter grade Can here. Can you vouch for this? I can vouch for it. Um, I think this is the first time on a review episode where I can deem something a near-perfect game. I'd give it Jesus. like, I would almost give it a 10 out of 10. Like, it's legit, like, a, a perfect game. <laughs> I would give it a 9.7. Mm-hmm. It lost some points because of the lack of spiders. You don't like spiders. No, I like spiders. Do you? Yeah. You're not arachnophobic like everybody else I know? No, 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 okay. no. That's not me. Okay. What about the roaches, though? I hate roaches. Okay, so oh, that's my where God. They, the... they bring back these big old suckers, too, man. <laughs> you know what? The giant roaches, though, they're still smaller than the fucking palmetto bugs that we grew up with in Florida. We face the real evil in Florida. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it changed us. It morphed us. <laughs> we're we're we going to punch boulders now, too? When are we going to have our buff transition where we just fight enough enough evil corporations where we get super buff? We are fucking boulder punchers and missile catchers. <laughs> <laughs> fucking tossing motorcycles at people on their heads. Dude, I want to last act uh, fucking uh, jet ski escape with you. Oh my god. What if Resident Evil 2 worked that in where you just like, you bust through the front doors of the goddamn RPD, like you get like sewage water, like where you're riding on it, <laughs> going through the city streets on a jet ski. You got Leon uh, on Claire's back. Um, Oh my god wasn't that how four ended with a fucking like motorboat or a jet ski at the it end? certainly fucking did oh and everyone god. will still vouch that that's their favorite game of all time it's great <laughs> there's a reason why they keep fucking porting it and remastering it i know <laughs> i know anyway i like this game and you should like it too <laughs> i'm gonna wrap it up with and remember kids always grab an ink ribbon to save your game especially if you're playing on hardcore mode um i guess what we should do some end of episode housekeeping here Oh, goodness. we didn't do any housekeeping at all. No, we didn't. We are the save room. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Hopefully this episode will surpass our most played episode, which is, what, our RE7 review? Yeah, when we fucking gabbed about RE7 back in the day, yeah. If you haven't heard that, you can find that over at soundcloud.com slash the save room show. We got that episode and probably 60 others that you could fucking torture yourself with. We got a lot. We've actually talked about Resident Evil a bunch of times for our previous episodes, so check that out too. Get more impressions there. You can also find us on Spotify, on iTunes, on google play even stitcher if you mm. want to throw us in chat box that's your inclination Cast i'm not gonna stop box. you oh fuck we're <laughs> never gonna get that sponsorship <laughs> god damn it get it god i always fucked up with the other one too we undies 
<laughs> us garments us garments um so that's where you can find our ear filth if you ever want to see us play games which we like to do at least a few times a week we're on twitch kevin is over at twitch.tv slash the red herb oh apropos very apropos and you can find daniel at dungeons and daniels yeah or is it daniels and dungeons no you got it i got it twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels <laughs> we've been playing a lot of resident evil 2 we probably won't stop uh yeah. do you think you're gonna stream the ghost survivors dlc fuck yeah out? cool and if you want to send us some dank mr x memes hit us up on twitter at save room show we want to see the memes man we want to see him crashing through doors to fucking in the air tonight by phil collins i love it we want to see your selfies with sora and mr x we want to see it all i want it all man i want to see his hat i want to see his smile that's all i want from life you know what one of my favorite moments just to kind of get a last good favorite moment out there was when you're getting chased by him when you're playing as claire and sherry and then fucking birkin like cuts him in half oh that's so fucking good i didn't see it coming I, you didn't see that one coming? I did coming? not see that coming at all. So it's fucking good cool. good shit. I want to see memes of that. So, so give it to me, guys. I want some more monster and monster action for sure. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I should go play the Monstropolis again in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> You're just looking for a good old-fashioned monster mash. Actually, nothing in Resident Evil 2 is more horrific than that level from Kingdom Hearts 3. I have to agree. <laughs> Sora's Muppet crotchless character design is grotesque. Leon! Leon! Claire! Sora! What <laughs> the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> anyway, well, as the stars say, what are we? <laughs> Do they say that? Yeah, they go, what are we? We have SWAT. Did we ever figure out what they are? No, we never figured it out, man. Oh my god. If somebody wants to send us some wiki, go ahead. I don't think it'll explain why. Can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Did you ever watch, like, um, or read, rather, like, Resident Evil 2, like, fanfic? No, definitely not. Or, like, watch, like, RE2, like, Echi or Hentai? Listen, apparently they already modeled, like, very accurate buttholes on the liquors in this game, so I I don't need to hear about what they do with those buttholes (laughs) in fanfic. (laughs) I don't want to know what the liquors are okay. doing to Claire. Yeah, that, I, don't need to I don't want to go there. I've, I've already seen some dark shit on DeviantArt before. I'm, I'm done, man. That's stained on my memory. Mm. Hell of a night, man. <laughs> hell of a night. <laughs> would have been one hell of a date. That, you know, it would have been. That's an actual one. I'm still fucking rooting for them. I am rooting for them. Yeah. But, okay, first of all, let's wrap up the episode with this. There's a meme going around where Chris Redfield really wants Leon to marry Claire. Really? Like, it's going around. <laughs> There's one, you know the the one meme of, like, uh, Leon looking at a police station uh, old-ass computer monitor? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just Chris showing up going, why would you look at porn when you have my sister? <laughs> We're rooting for you guys. Get in there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening and putting up with our bullshits. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know how to stick it. Save Room Reviews. Are we too? Save Room Reviews. Are we too?
I got I got a I got a question for you. Sure. Lay it on me. What was the thinking behind Mr. X? Mm-hmm. Like at what point is somebody just like one of the scientists or manufacturers of this of this BOW is just deluding themselves because they're like if you put a raincoat on it and a hat, <laughs> there you go incognito right there brother and it's like okay he's nine feet tall <laughs> he's pale like a dead body so, <laughs> his eyes are crazy he's the deadest eyes and his yeah, face looks deadest, like a tree for for some reason it looks like there's a, a black hole forming in the middle of his face there's an obvious like circular pool i don't know what it is it's like if somebody put their thumb in the middle of his face and just twisted that's what it looks like his face looks like a thumbprint and he looks like a thumbprint and, and somebody said to themselves no, he is perfect for for sneaking in. <laughs> He'll mix in with the shadows brilliantly. You can hear his footsteps from ten rooms away. <laughs> was he a person initially, or did they just make a monster? Like, was he just like chief of police? Say it wasn't yeah. Iron. Say it was the 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 first chief of police there ever was. Why are you choosing chief? Of- <laughs> We're gonna experiment on only him, right? only an authoritarian figure can become. <laughs> become such a, a police a pale monstrosity nice. but like how do you how do yeah. you get a person to be nine feet tall they weren't like they didn't turn yao ming into mr X. oh so you think the question is did they find someone who was already yeah. nine feet tall yeah. um maybe maybe that's what like made them perfect for the program because they're just like we have these really big clothes and that's all we could afford so we need a monster to fit this mm. <laughs> this giant hat do you think there were <laughs> failed ones like misters a through w Mr. C, <laughs> Mr. C wouldn't even get off the table. <laughs> Couldn't even put a hat on him. Couldn't put a hat on that yeah. that fucking blob. Had a weird misshapen head. Mr. Mr. Fucking W though. Mr. W was almost there, but he wouldn't and, wear the trench coat. And we actually taught Mr. W how to fucking hop onto a jet ski <laughs> <laughs> and chase down his prey across the oceanic. But the thing is, he couldn't swim. He couldn't swim. <laughs> So we lost Mr. W. Oh my god. <laughs> Mr. T? He chafed a lot. He wasn't good for the chase. Mr. T was a little opinionated. <laughs> Didn't like the hats we got him. No. <laughs> Didn't like the coats. <laughs> oh, wow. also, if the temperature ever got below 20, he would just explode. Yeah. <laughs> so, pure, don't, don't ask how we tested Pure that. diva. Pure, di- <laughs> pure diva, dude. Like, what was the point? They're going to sell these things? Yeah, they were going to sell them to, what, governments of other countries? Okay, so they were just going to fucking, they are going to FedEx air uh, a, a, a gigantuan man. Who created uh, that strain? Was it Umbrella or was it the Birkins? Umbrella made the tyrants. Okay. Umbrella, I don't know who specifically because I think, I think there's a lot of different, like any large corporation, sure. there's a lot of different people working. Uh, for Umbrella. So like, you know, the Birkins, they're on, they're on Team G-Virus. We don't know. There's there could be <laughs> fucking uh, Key-Virus, like X-Kingdom Hearts style. True. You have to say a Key-Virus when you see it. It looks hate, like X-Virus, but it's not. That. I hate that. It's way. not X. Quite stylized. It's not X. So that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so whoever, actually, I think they mentioned who's responsible for G-Virus. Wasn't it James Marcus or some shit? I don't know. Hmm. A combination of zero and five decide that they wanted to explain that to you in a bunch of files all mm-hmm. i remember was spencer was an old man that wanted immortality mm-hmm. and wesker was just a, a test tube baby who wanted to stick his hand through people's chests hmm. and he made mr spencer's heart explode so he did didn't he yeah that reminded me of like the end of promethea 
Prometheus, where like the Prometheus. one the one old guy, like they're trying to keep him alive, so they have to go to this other planet. Ooh, what's his name? What's his name? He was in Memento. Guy Pierce. It was a Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy Pierce. Um, just bewilderingly in old man makeup. Why would you cast Guy Pierce then? <laughs> right. Like, why'd you just capture? It, it seemed like they intended to use young Guy Pierce mm-hmm. to like be young Waylon way more. But they never did it. I'm glad we're mentioning because, like, Waylon Yutani is essentially like Umbrella, you know? It's okay. like the corporation. Yes. Yeah. Where a corporation's only goal is domination and evil. You know, it's like there's no there's no realistic plan there. But mm-hmm. like with Umbrella, they try to be like, well, they want to sell them. And I'm just like, okay, who's gonna buy monsters? And if you're the only monster factory out there, mm-hmm. then aren't people gonna be like, hey, I don't even need to see a receipt. I know who the fuck made your yeah your Mister X thirteen. Only one person could have done it over here. That's the crazy thing about like Wayland or even like the Jurassic Park movies yeah. where they think they can just legitimately sell weaponized dinosaurs to other countries. Like, <clears throat> are we really using these things for warfare on a global scale? What, yeah. What do they want with the <laughs> xenomorph exactly? They're like, okay. We want them. We want to study them. We need to harness their power. We're going to replace the fucking military branch with just xenomorphs. Like, just fucking xenomorphs. That does work. not seem like a great idea. <laughs> I got to say. No, they're smarter than us and they would overtake us. I, I'm pretty sure they would. Mm-hmm. Um, you ready for some Resident Evil Let's down, do dude? It. Let's talk Resident Let's Evil. Talk it. Okay. Let's talk Resident Evil. Let's talk Resident Evil. Let's talk Resident Evil. Evil. Gather on the typewriter, kids. We're going to talk some Resident Evil. Clackety clack. Was that a typewriter? Was it a liquor? (laughs) Oh, no, it's Mr. X. Oh, it's Mr. X. He going to give it to you. Tip of the hat, you're going to get hit.